Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Head Knight, on the internet right now. As of right now. Sort of right now. No, it's right now. Whatever. <laughs> I got David. <laughs> Rupee Royce. Wow. Boys. I like it. Also known as Nightly. On the other end there, we got Freddy. Zoinks. Are we spoopy yet? I don't know. That was oh, terrible. <laughs> Good attempt. <laughs> oh, like cheese with scoop. Uh, also known as Nighty Night. We are a group of nights with an absolute love for film and a passion for horror. This is a podcast that takes a different horror film to break down and discuss the ultimate question. Why horror? So hit the lights. Sit back. And let the darkness envelope you. You can support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife. That's night with a what? K. By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. A new episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. Now, keeping things going with our month for Little Nightmares, which is also known as Childhood Horror. Uh, you know, my daughter's going to be born in this month, so this is a dedicated to to all of her and all the spooky kid shit she's probably going to be into because, you know, I'm her dad. Uh, but keeping things going, we're discussing Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. First and foremost, guys, thoughts. Nostalgia for me right here. When I think of this movie, man, I think about being a kid, being at home. And all I did every day was just sit in front of my TV. And this was on Cartoon Network all the time. And I've so seen good. it hundreds of times. <laughs> and that might not even be hyperbole. I may have seen it over a hundred times. Um, it's quite possible. And you know what? At the time, I didn't have a critical lens as a child. So I'm just like, yeah, this is Scooby-Doo. And this is a new Scooby-Doo movie. This is them bringing it back, right? Um, it is what it is. But looking at back, looking back on it and... When I thought about us watching this, I remember thinking, this is high-budget Scooby-Doo. And I remember the oh, yeah. animation being on point. And I remember I remember um, the characters having depth to them. And mm-hmm. I'm so happy that going back to it, yeah, everything I remembered was there. But it was even better than I remembered. Man, sure. I the animation, I can't get over how on point it is. <laughs> you You lose something nowadays with cartoons because a lot of cartoons have gone 3d based right because it's easier it's more affordable but that hand-drawn animation of cartoons from you know since cartoons first started all all up until like maybe the early 2000s but this is late 90s early 2000s where this was really premiered on tv a lot man it's aged so well and it looks so beautiful and it's not lazily done they really put a lot of thought and effort into it um that was my favorite part about it i agree I I absolutely agree. Freddie, what do you think about this movie? Um, kind of like what David said. It's it's like a trip through like memory lane. It's a movie that I've seen several times as well. Uh, I love seeing it this time around, though, as an adult, because you do pick up on a lot of stuff that I've missed when I was a kid because of that innocence of like, oh, yeah, this is not a dark movie at all. But there's a lot mm-hmm. of dark moments in this movie where I'm like, wow, I watched this as a kid. That's pretty gnarly. Um, <laughs> but I got to say kind of like what david said the animation looks really good it ages well so uh i would like to say the soundtrack actually caught my eye oh, this time yeah. around it yeah. is really good and the sound mixing too a lot of like 
the environmental like the spirals of the so, green yes. mist and shit. Yes, dude. It, it, oh, it's, it's so great to look at. It's one of those movies where, as an adult, you start appreciating the little details that's in it, and also like the kind of humor they actually put in it as well. And yeah. there's also parts that kind of bothered me too, which I never noticed before too, which we'll talk about when we get into like scene by scene. But yeah. I overall appreciated this movie for what it was, and it felt like I was going back in my childhood and rewatching something that I used to watch all the time. I was a big fan of the animated series, so I used to watch that all the time after school, even before school, if it was playing on Cartoon Network. It was something I always looked forward to. And kind of like what David said, this is like um, a higher value episode that's an hour and 16 minutes long. So it was cool watching this. Mm-hmm. I would definitely watch this again one yeah. thing, easily. One thing that I really thought was cool watching this as an adult, like I'm, I'm talking, I haven't seen this since I was maybe in elementary school, um, mm-hmm. maybe beginning of middle school, but not realizing back then, like, oh man, they went to New Orleans perfect setting mm-hmm. for for what this movie is trying to do um the gang is tackling another mystery but this time it isn't someone in a mass it's right. something truly supernatural and i remember right. thinking this was like a reboot of scooby-doo which has been done so many times in the past mm-hmm. decades but the twist here was that they were facing actual supernatural entities right. and i think this spun off a number of animated movies that followed up by the same studio and I think they were all yeah. great, if I remember correctly, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, man, I, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, just going in New Orleans and the being very true to the nature of the environment that they're in is really cool. Like down to the food that they're eating, being in right. a bayou, you know, <laughs> like um, yeah. there's context that the island they're on that. At one point, a uh, plantation was there, and even with the right. zombies, like you have. Um, you know, soldiers from the, the Civil War. Civil yeah, War. exactly. Yeah. But you also have like tourists from different decades that are zombies. Like if you look at the costume work of the zombies themselves, right. you have um, tourists that look like they're dressed in 90s tourist fashion, but you also have people that right. look like they're dressed from the 1930s, the 60s, the 70s, and that's a lot of good attention mm-hmm. to detail. Right, there's a lot of history Absolutely. in it. Yeah. Yep. I, I love it. I, I'm... A huge, huge, huge fan of Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I absolutely adore this movie. I watched it recently um, about a year ago or maybe sooner than that. Whenever it came to Netflix, I rewatched it uh, because I remember having this on VHS. And I was just like, this movie is so much fun. It's just beat for beat, just having a really, really good time. And, And it looks great. Like it's like one of those things when the first time we got to experience Rugrats the movie and you're just like, oh, fuck. Yep. Like Tommy's eyes are reflective. That's crazy. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. just like you get so many things where it's just like, oh, no, no, no. This is what $10 million can do for a cartoon. Like motherfuckers take their time. Like you got eight hundred people working on one thing for scooby-doo like it's crazy that like that's the type of stuff that we got but like i want to say this was like the first time scooby-doo started having like not scooby-doo but like the characters and stuff started having like actual depth to their eyes and and stuff like that and like you can actually see shaggy's like uh scubble (laughs) on his face and stuff like that and it's so interesting seeing that now 
in this what, 1998 movie. <laughs> yeah. What I really love, though, is that this movie really takes place after the gang has wrapped up their mystery days, right? right. Like, you see yeah. the path that everyone took. Daphne's a reporter. Fred's her producer. Um, mm-hmm. Shaggy and Scooby are fucking TSA. TSA. I think that's hilarious. Okay. Uh, and that. there's kind of Love like, it kind of plays TSA. with how everyone like thinks that, you know, they're high all the time. And then you think, oh, Scooby's right. looking for drugs, right? He's sniffing around for drugs, but he's, <laughs> he's just looking for food. And like, of course. Yeah, sniffing around for contraband food. <laughs> it's so funny. Love it. And then, uh, Velma, I, I think they kind of cheated her. She was just working in a, a mystery bookstore. I think she was well, a mystery person, though. Oh, it was her store? It was, was her hers. store. Oh, then yeah. I respect it. Yeah, it was Dinkley's store. Oh, yeah, I missed uh, that. Mm-hmm. It's her store. Then I respect the choice because I was like, y'all mm-hmm. did her dirty by just having her be a book clerk. <laughs> but I love that then. Um, it's kind of cool. I love but, the name of it too. It's Mystery Inc. Bookshop. I was like, oh, huh, yeah, that's a perfect, perfect name. Yeah. But but that's yeah. a thing. This wasn't a cash grab. This was this was right. a like a dedication to to scooby-doo and really wanting to reboot it and it, it kind of yeah. felt like it could also be like one last ride one last ride yeah. um, <laughs> but like because it's it's post mystery gang you know like it's yeah, like everyone's yeah. moved on and it's just for one last ride um so that's what i really that's liked it about felt it like yeah and no um, i i agree with that wow that's a really good way to look at that yeah Fan it service. wasn't a cash grab like it was exactly it was a really great fan service almost like a send-off um but yeah along with that like the superb animation and sound mixing, like Freddie was saying, and the cool soundtrack, man. When the when the song started coming through, I was like, "Oh, I'm eight years old again. Yeah. Let me rock out to Hell this." Yeah, dude. When 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 uh, Terror Time came on, oh my god! Hell yeah! You bet your ass, I was singing it. I was <laughs> in his terror time again. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! Like it, it still hits. It and does. It's, just, it's so so much fun. And one thing that I would like to add to this, like, obviously, I watch this in a different lens now and things like that. And um, there, there's a few things that I'll bring up that uh, definitely will strike a chord. Um, but, hey, I'll save that for a little bit later. But one thing that I did want to mention is that I really like how Scooby-Doo has tried, itself, tried to reboot itself, including now, so many times. And like in the beginning, you had Scooby-Doo and, and Scooby-Doo Mysteries. That was like, I want to say that was the first one. Uh, and then they started adding like people who were famous at that time. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's just like Scooby-Doo, Sharon, Sonny, Scooby-Doo, Globetrotters and all this whole yeah. other stuff. I love the Globetrotters ones. That was a fun one. Uh, I want to even say they had Scooby-Doo and the Beatles once. And like, it's just, they, they were trying to do all this stuff in like this sixties uh, and seventies um, and eighties and nineties. And each year Scooby-Doo always had something fresh. Like then in the nineties, we got a pup named Scooby-Doo. My fave. And like, same. I love, I love a pup named Scooby-Doo. Um, and it's just when that transitioned into, us getting this movie Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and kind of the first time they've actually, I guess, had something that was actual paranormal. Cause I don't know if that has happened until this movie. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I remember the one with like the vampire or whatever. Oh yeah. I, I own those movies. That, yeah. There were, yeah, there were times being fake. Yeah. Well, there were times where uh, Shaggy, I call them the red shirt Shaggy movies where it's just Shaggy and Scoob yes. and they go off and they 
street race with vampires and werewolves and stuff. Right. And th- and yeah. those are all real. So I guess they have delved in supernatural before, but those were like side right. stories. They weren't yeah. like mystery gang going out to solve a, a mystery. It was Shaggy right. um, trying to get with a vampire chick or something. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember putting on Twitter one time about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island being the best Scooby-Doo movie of all time. I have to agree. And like, I got so much flack for it. Like, I got, uh, I, I should repost that question now. <laughs> for sure, yeah. I, I, It'd be a good especially poll. Especially now with what... Like, I, I want to yeah. see people's opinion. Like, yeah. I, like Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is hands down the best. I'm saying it right now, everybody. The best <laughs> Scooby-Doo movie of all time. See, the of thing that gets time. tough with that, though, is because with something like Scooby-Doo, it's for children, right? And we have all experienced Scooby-Doo as children. So we look at it through a uh, rose-tinted glasses, through a lens of nostalgia, and sure. we're going to remember the Scooby-Doo that we were introduced to and we absorbed as kids. So for Bella, right? Bella loves... And it's the, still the best. <laughs> Bella loves <laughs> the live-action ones. And she was like, yeah. I watched this with her. And she surprisingly didn't ha- hasn't seen it before. And I was like, you've never seen this? Oh, and she, my She's God. a huge Scooby-Doo fan. Like, she when I yeah. when I met her, she had a mystery machine Bro, this, on her keychain. fucking pinnacle. <laughs> right? Pinnacle. And, what did she uh, think? So she was like, I really, really liked it. Like, I can't wait. Yes. For it. So side story. <laughs> I was talking to Freddie before the show started. Behind the scenes yeah. stuff. Right, guys? And I was like, yeah, Freddie, I bought it. I was like, it was five bucks to buy, $2 to rent. So I was like, well, might as well spend the extra three bucks to buy it. And Freddie was like, oh, I just watched it on Netflix. I'm like, it was on Netflix? What? I was super like, oh, I would have just watched it on Netflix. But I'm surprised you didn't do the Apple TV thing. I did. And it did. did. It showed me Netflix. That's what I was selling Freddie. Damn. Um, Sorry. It's all good. Yeah. Netflix doesn't want to be cool with Apple. It seems like that's been that's been a thing. But Bella was like, yo, I actually really liked it. I mean, she was like, I have nostalgia for the live action movies. Those are my faves because I watched them as a kid. But I'm glad that we bought it because I could see this being so fun to watch around Halloween time because we've bought other Scooby-Doo movies to watch during Halloween and we love it. So I'm glad that this is getting added in there um, because I haven't seen it since I was a kid and it's aged so well. That's awesome. I agree. I agree. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the plot. Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, directed by, forgive me, everybody, if I butcher these names, <laughs> Kazuma Fukushima, Hiroshi Ayama, and Jim, St- and Jim Sternstrom. <laughs> Released September 22nd, 1998, a runtime of one hour and 18 minutes, a budget of $10 million, and a box office, brace yourself, everybody, 164 million dollars wow wow we will <laughs> a score of 86 percent on rotten tomatoes nice which is very 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 great score <clears throat> we open on a stormy night looking over a castle with our title shot and i love it right off the bat so good just it's just fucking uh. awesome Inside the castle and the camera is panning around the empty corridors, showcasing all this super dope night shit and medieval stuff. Hint, hint. Looking out for us. We eventually hear this monster growling, stepping up to a door, ripping the door open. And I just was thinking to myself, oh, my God, these people in these fucking suits must be godly strong because he like destroyed that door <laughs> what the hell behind it we have the mystery crew freddy daphne velma shaggy and scooby-doo 
and they are all scared shitless and they run away. Shaggy runs into an area alone, locking every single lock imaginable, trying to leave out of another door. And on the other side, the tall green monster is is waiting for him. Shaggy tries running back to the other door, but doesn't unlock it in <laughs> any of the locks, forcing him to pull on the handle, and he pulls the handle off. And I, I love it right off the bat, because it kind of reminds us, like, okay, yeah, this is for kids. Right, it's like, silly. Yeah. Very, very slapsticky. It's super silly. It's super fun. Um, but I was still having a blast with it, and I still yeah. was laughing. I was like, this is still really funny. Like, it's still really, really good. It has a little he bit throws of- it oh, and sorry. <laughs> It has a little no, bit ahead, of uh, both worlds because the soundtrack is like really haunting. You're opening up to a mansion in a really stormy night. Yeah. You get that title sequence. Absolutely. And then you got that slapstick comedy as well. So it's a good balance for both adults Absolutely. and also for like the kids. So it's like, yeah, it's cool. I agree. I agree. He throws it, hitting the monster in the head before running past it. While running down the hall, he calls for his dog, Scooby-Doo. Then cue the famous theme song while montaging to all of the running in different types of rooms. <laughs> Fucking love it, man. I love it. And I even put here, the animation is just absolutely incredible. And I even, pre- pre- I even put, I remember it being a big deal that you had, they had met more definition in their eyes. Like, yeah, I remember thinking that as a kid. I remember that too. When I was watching this with my brother, he was like, shit, they have eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, they've always had eyes. And it's like, no, they've always had dots. And I'm like, oh. You're right. They have eyes. I'm like a six-year-old kid. Well, no. This was a 98. I was an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I was almost turning nine. Oh, my God. While running, <laughs> Velma and Daphne almost fall off the ledge, but Freddy grabs them and holds onto them. Scooby tumbles and, f- and flies up on the chandelier, making these night the- all these different types of night armor fall on top of the monster. The absolute disrespect of <laughs> the agony. Velma unmasks him and Shaggy yells out, Mr. Beeman, the real estate agent. Velma goes over his scheme and he would have gotten in the way with it too if it weren't for that dog and you meddling kids. Wow. What a line. What a line. <laughs> we get it twice in this movie. We get it twice. Uh, cut to Daphne on a talk show talking about the case of the moat monster. The talk show host, Chris, uh, tells her that the stories like that give her the hippie jeebies. And she was so funny. <laughs> I like how she was like, <laughs> she was the only black person in this, <laughs> in this movie. And she was like the most flamboyant out of everyone. You know, I, I hella, damn. I hella thought that too. Like we're in New Orleans and the only black character we saw was exactly the only black person was a fucking talk show yeah exactly not i was like there yeah. could have been some more representation not even here. new orleans yeah and uh, and that's when i started catching this this watch around where i was just like huh they're in louisiana talking yeah. about creole food they eat creole food including gumbo and yet no one's black here yeah. right uh, it's just like everyone like we had someone who was insanely french yep <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the other I think they were girl, all Lena, pretty insanely who, French in this movie. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh man, it's just my grandma's from Louisiana, and she's actually even speaks French." <laughs> she she's just like, "Yeah, no, I not too many, not too many French that French at least sound in there." But yeah, you know, she speaks Southern French, which is right. very interesting. It's like kind of like French slang. Um, 
And then, and then uh, she understands why Daphne quit investigating to become a reporter instead. She continues gloating about Daphne and her new show, Coast to Coast with Daphne Blake. Daphne tells her that the real reason she changed jobs is because the ghosts and monsters were just people in masks. Uh, she adds th- that the rest of the gang all went their separate ways except for her and Fred. Uh, and it sounded like Chris was like assinuating like that they were a thing. Yeah. Which, Right, their the relationship vibe. is so odd. Yeah, and they explore well, a little bit uh, in this movie too. See, yeah. I always thought it was Velma and Daphne. I mean, huh. I'm still to this day. I, think yeah, it's Velma. And Daphne. I, yeah, same here. I was like, I think, I think low key for like the show, they wanted to make it Freddie and Daphne, but I think everyone knew deep down that you know it was Daphne and Velma, and they were they're pushing for the good fight. Yep. And there's even a lot of things that even go towards that, especially in the live action movies yeah. as well. Like there's a lot of flirta- flirtation between Linda Cardellini and Sarah Jessica. Well, no. What's her name? Sarah Michelle? Uh, Sarah, Sarah Michelle, Michelle Geller. Yeah. yeah. That one. Uh, a lot of flirtation between those two. I was like, hell yeah, I'm here for it. Let's make Daphne and Velma gay. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, I would even be down if Shaggy and um, and Freddie were a thing. Oh, I'd hell yeah. For that. Yeah. I would definitely be down for that. Um, Chris continues by gloating uh, up Freddie and having her camera point to the camera. Point the camera at him, um, and it's funny. He's just like he's like, "Oh, uh, hi." <laughs> she brings her attention back to Daphne and asks her what's coming up for the second season. Daphne tells her that her new segment called "Haunted America," uh, and I even put here, "Y'all see why I'm really into this shit." They <laughs> they had all the things that I wanted, even as a child. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it, it, honestly, I'm pretty sure Scooby Doo is probably what got me into like horror. Interesting. I'm, not, like, I, I'm pretty sure Scooby Doo, Courage the Cowardly Dog, yes. uh, Billy and Mandy. Like, I'm sure all of that was like my gateway, a part of my gateway. Because on top of that, we also had Goosebumps, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, right. um, Real Monsters. And, or Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ah, Real Monsters, Invader Zim. Like, we had all this stuff that really kind of kind of put it in our brains. And you either were the kid that loved it and gravitated towards it or you didn't and that was just it hell yes like, to all just, that it's so so you gravitated to all that no i said hell yes to all that <laughs> everything you just said oh, all those okay. shows yeah yeah uh, and and all that all that's also great <laughs> uh, but <laughs> um her intentions are to find real haunted locations for her segment. Uh, Chris mentions that it is a shame that the rest of the old crew couldn't be involved in this one. Daphne sighs and says that she really misses them. Freddie snaps his finger and he has an idea. Then the camera zooms out of the TV show to show Scooby and Shaggy watching Daphne while working as custom agents for an airport. <laughs> and I even put here, I love how Daphne has like this awesome influential job when everybody else is kind of like, doing their own things like even though Velma has her own business Velma hates her business because yeah. like, right. she she doesn't get a rise out of it she's selling yeah. books she's not writing them she's not investigating anymore so it's it, like it, it was interesting like you could tell Daphne was the only one that who really really loved her job yeah <laughs> and loved how it turned out 
but I, yeah. I felt bad for Velma. She even says she's like, "Oh, I used to solve mysteries, and now I'm selling them." And I'm just like, "Oh, yeah, that's sad." Yeah, you could tell she she fucking hated her job. Yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, but Scooby and Jackie love their job. They just were fuck ups. They speak <laughs> onto the TV saying that they miss her too. Their boss comes up behind them yelling for them to get back to work. They are startled and tell him that they are going to get right on it. Scooby Doo is sniffing the suitcase that are on the conveyor belt and he points and he points when he gets a whiff of something inside of one particular suitcase. Shaggy, um, uh, excuse me, I brought that wrong. Uh, he found something and Scooby tells him that he, that, Oh, excuse me. Shaggy asks him if he found something, and Scooby tells him that he did. They open up the suitcase, and he sniffs in these socks, causing him to sneeze them right onto Shaggy's face. Once again, that kind of very fun comedic humor for us little kitties here. Um, Shaggy tells him that he thinks his nose is losing his touch, but Scooby proves him wrong by finding a roll of cheese. They confiscate the food and take it to the storage room with all the other food piling up inside there. They rejoice in the job that they chose because of all the food that they are that are uh, around before we fade to Dinkley's Mystery Inc. Books store where Velma works as Anne is on the phone unenthusiastically telling someone that they have that they are carrying a specific amount of books, then tells them that she would hold them for her. And I was even thinking about this that what happened? You know, like she left. Like, what happened to that lady's books? You know, <laughs> that's true. Like, like I don't know. She probably could have an employee, right? But I was just thinking about that. I was just like, damn. Like, she just literally Bounced. dipped out and just went across the country. And like, this lady was like, "Yo, can you hold my books until a certain time? <laughs> you know, you gonna be back." Like, what? she must have What's going on here. She has to. She has to. She takes the books off the shelf and drops them on top of the TV with Daphne's interview playing in the background silently. Velma sighs and claims that solving mysteries were a lot of fun than selling them. She answers the phone and it is Freddie on the other end, uh, on the other line, agreeing to whatever she is saying. Or he is saying, excuse me. Back with Scooby, Scooby's and Shaggy's boss walking to the custom storage room, finding them sitting down completely stuffed. Shaggy cheerfully greets him and their boss stutters that they ate all the contraband and Shaggy tells him, uh-uh, not all of it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of Gorgonzolas right here in the back. Their boss yells and calls them a couple <laughs> of Gorgonzolas and fires them. Yes. I thought that was absolutely fucking hilarious and I don't know why. No, that was a great There are a couple great. of Gorgonzolas. <laughs> Good comeback, boss. Good comeback. <laughs> Shaggy and Scooby are crying about being unemployed, and then a phone call from Freddy comes in. They tell him that they were thinking they were uh, planning on taking some time off, and uh, excuse me. They tell him that they were thinking about taking some time off when he asked if they were busy. Cut to Daphne waiting outside of her house and Freddy picking her up. He apologizes for being late and then goes outside to help her with her bags. He is going over a mental checklist with her and she is agreeing that she has everything and he sarcastically asks if she is sure uh, that she hasn't forgotten anything. She scoffs and asks him what his deal is and he opens the back door of the van. Thelma, Scooby, and Shaggy all yell surprise for her birthday. That's cute. Adorable. I like how they even added that in there where it's just like, all right, we're going to dip out on, on her birthday. We're going to make sure everybody's here for her birthday. So it's like kind of a, a, a double whammy right. in this. And I, I thought that was really fun. And Very cute. wholesome. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah, super wholesome. Super wholesome. 
Freddy tells him that he invited the gang to tag along, hugging him. She tells him that uh, it would be just like old times. Scooby pops up behind them and repeats it while licking their faces. Velma pulls out a box of infamous Scooby snacks for Scooby. And Shaggy runs up copying Scooby for some snacks as well. They're like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> um, I got I to gotta see if I can do a good Scooby. I, I, I don't know if I can do a Scooby, but I'll, I'll try it. it. I'll try it. Um not bad not bad um well thank you thank you uh i haven't been practicing um i've always (laughs) let me put here that i've always wondered if either scooby gets like royalties from the treats or if scooby was named after the treats well, I think I guess, this was brought up in a pup named Scooby Doo. So, so they actually sure. address it in 2020 Scoob. Yes, they do. Oh, and Scoob. So the snacks that came. That doesn't count, though. It Why not? Because because it's not real. You know, like we're, we we don't we don't claim that. We rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Velma mentions that she's been holding onto these snacks for quite some time, and Shaggy tells her that they are stale. Um, why, why eat those, Shaggy? Why eat those? Uh, I actually haven't seen Scoop. I've just heard very, very terrible things about it. <laughs> um, have you watched it, David? Yeah, I have. Same. It's very like it? meh. I was uh, on and off on watching it because there was a lot going on when we were watching it. But sure. uh, the snacks came before the pup. The pup's named after the snacks. So the pup is named after the snacks. Yep. I want to say this was also brought up in a pup named Scooby-Doo. Probably. As well. I want to say that that's how it was brought up. Like, I, I want to say there was an episode where Scooby uh, or Shaggy found Scooby and initially, like, adopted him or something. I think so. That's and kind of that's name. basically what happened in Scoob. Oh, okay. Well, there, there you go. Uh, they copied it then, um, <laughs> or they kept it going. Not copied it. You, you know what I mean. They kept yeah, it going. Revamped it. That's what I mean. Yeah, they revamped it. There you go. Thank you, Freddie. Freddie tells them not to worry <laughs> because they're going to Louisiana. Daphne chimes in and lets them know that they have the best food, which is um, quite possibly true. Then Velma chimes in with also the best ghost. Before they head out, Freddie removes the coast to coast sticker to reveal the mystery machine signage. They high five and are on their way. And then we get our first motherfucking jam. The ghost <laughs> is here. I, mean, I, I love this song. Like the, it, it's so much fun, and like even like the part where like they are initially just with the breakdown of the of the guitar, right? It's yeah. just the do no no do no 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 no. It's so good, it's, it so is really good. It's very catchy. I should. It is very catchy. I should have Ryan try to learn this on guitar. Oh <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, bro. I'm telling you, this this has to happen. Uh, but that song comes on while they are montaging uh, from fake haunted locations to haunted location. And I even put here that I just love the nostalgia so much. Some of these creature designs are absolutely fantastic yep. as well. Like that bat was terrifying. I literally put that um, one. That sounds like all of these monsters are super frightening. So good. So crazy. So good. Like it, it, you start to get a sense of like, okay, like I could see how they can introduce the horror. And it's really, really, really clever. Uh, cut to them in New Orleans. Uh, Daphne is on the bench talking to Velma and Freddie about all the fake experiences. Velma excitedly mentions uh, mentions it being like the good old days. And Daphne tells her that it is too much like the old days. And she needs to capture an actual ghost. And she says a real life ghost. And then while Velma's like kind of like, I guess, pondering, she's like, that's an oxymoron, Daphne. <laughs> uh, 
which is a big word for a child. Yeah. And so like, like I, I'm sure that was just like for the parents in the room. Probably. But, okay. Whatever. Uh, Fred uh, interrupts to ask if anyone wants a beignet. Paul just stuff in his face, and I was like, read the fucking room, Freddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, no one wants a beignet right now. Uh, even though the, a beignet sounds really good right now. Ooh, oh, my God, y'all. Uh, Café du Monde so beignets. Good. Oh, my. Oh, Ugh, even when I was watching it. No, no I want to list. so badly. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys. Kathleen's never been, and I want to take her so bad. I've, I used to go quite a bit when I was a kid because my really? grandma's from there, like I said oh, earlier. That's awesome. But she's Let's not go. from New Orleans. She's from a little town called Nekatush. Um, But yeah, we. I'm down. I am so down. I absolutely love Louisiana so much. Oh, my God. Even though it, it's... Like the weather is just real gross. <laughs> Daphne <laughs> tells him that she wants a, a house that actually is haunted while looking through a guidebook. A woman shopping for groceries interrupts and tells them that they that there is a house that is haunted that she works at. She apologizes for overhearing, but continues by telling them that uh, she is a chef in the house located on Moonscar Island. The woman introduces herself as Lena Dupree, and Freddie in- <laughs> immediately jumps up, dropping his beignets to introduce himself to the uh, uh, and the two other women. Daphne questions where Moonscar Island is. Lena tells her that it is in the bayou that isn't too far from where they currently are. She continues telling them about a pirate named Morgan Moonscar who died on the island and his spirit still haunts the place. Freddy suspiciously, uh, suspicious, tells her that it's probably some old dude in a pirate suit trying to scare off the local kids. Lena, uh, Lena, Lena, not Lena, excuse me. Lena, uh, giving Freddy one of those looks, tells him that the ghost is real and and then pr- uh, pretty much calls him a chicken and once again <laughs> insert the child humor. Uh, Freddy quickly tells tells her that he's not and she tells them that they are welcome to come by and, che- uh, and check it out when she is done shopping. Fred turns back towards... Uh, Velma and Daphne to ask what they think about heading out. Daphne tells him that uh, this is their only lead and they should check it out. Freddie then mentions how cute Lena is and mentions that she would be real photogenic for their segment. <laughs> Weird. So I gotta say, I gotta add to this. I'm just as trashy as Freddie because uh, as a kid, I remember always thinking Lena was super cute. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird that yeah. the character's name is Freddy because I thought you were talking about me and I was like I'm not that trashy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it was okay. like a certain point where I started switching it to just Fred yeah uh, because I was like I, like I feel like Freddy might think I'm talking about him in certain <laughs> spots <laughs> uh, but yeah because no one calls you Fred no right absolutely yeah, not no. no one Ooh. oh man just Fred it word. sounds like Freddie would kill somebody if, if someone were to call him Fred. <laughs> um, do, does anyone call you Frederick? Like a serious Frederick? Uh, actually, yeah, a few. I guess. Oh, okay. Actually, there's like one person that calls me Fred. But she's allowed. Okay. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Daphne makes a little joke while while he's eating his beignets to wipe his upper lip, um, but they are interrupted by Velma's jinkies. Velma looks up uh, Moonscar Island into the research database, and she found that there were some strange disappearances on that island. They are all... Um, they all agree that this sounds promising and wonder where Scooby and Shaggy are. Velma mentions that they are uh, going to get, they are getting a bite to eat. 
uh, we cut to we cut to this dude making this fucking huge sandwich, and they claim it was a po' boy sandwich, but I've never seen a po' boy sandwich. It says uh, it says poor boy instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's hella funny. Research ain't done right, yo. Um, and once again, he he was French, and I was and like I just I, I didn't get it. Like it just it didn't make any sense. I'm just like yeah. Hmm. It's not not that many French people. <laughs> so, uh, well, Creole, they're Creole, <laughs> like my grandma. Uh, my grandma makes really good gumbo. Oh my god, I miss it. They put a shit ton of hot sauce and peppers on it, and um, and the chef slices it down the middle uh, for them to share. Scooby devours his and then sucks in all the ingredients of Shaggy's, having him just bite down and eat the bread. Freddy comes up to them and tells uh, and tells them that it's time to go and that they found another haunted house to investigate. Excuse me. Shaggy and Scooby shiver and hold each other before fading to the gang following Lena to the swamp boat to Moonscar Island. Velma lets them Excuse me. Velma lets them know that they are getting closer to the island. Daphne's stoked to see some real ghosts, and Shaggy is just ex- just excited, just as excited to get some more food. And I put here, I love how Freddy just looks at him with pure disgust on his face while he eats like <laughs> the Scooby snacks. Yeah, <laughs> like he's just like, oh fuck, stop. Uh, they make it to the swamp boat. Uh, I keep putting the swamp boat, but it's a ferry uh, where Jacques greets them. Um, Aboard, Lena, uh, Lena tells him that the mystery gang are coming to investigate the haunting activity on the island. Jacques goes up to Daphne and tells her that it is definitely haunted and people come to, to come on the island don't always come off. And it fun foreshadowing. Like, this is just a really, really clever way to foreshadow things and to kind of have... Mm. Well, not even clever. It's like a very on-the-nose way to foreshadow stuff, but it still felt like it was just playing it up. Right, yeah. So good point. Super duper clever. Uh, Daphne nervously tells him that uh, that's what they heard, and he walks away. The crew all looks at each other and give a little smile to each other because they're just like, "Fuck it, we hit jackpot." Time to go, and they pull them onto the boat. Shaggy and Scooby comes out of the van, and um, Jacques and ask Jacques if they have any food that he's selling on the boat. Uh, Lena gasps and tells tells them that she didn't know that they had a dog. Scooby repeats the word "dog." And ask where. He's like, <laughs> uh, Daphne asks if she is allergic. Uh, Lena tells tells her no, but her employer, uh, Miss Lenoir, has cats. Shaggy tells her that Scooby is good with cats and asks Scooby to confirm this. Scooby cluelessly nods his head and he and uh that he is actually good with cats. They are on their way, th- and the bayou is getting more and more eerie. And I even put here, this is actually a really good setup for child horror. They are all going to this island with no way of getting back. Like, this is their only means of transportation to get back to the other side of the island. So it gave us the sense very early on that they're stuck here, whether they like it or not. Right. What I like about this, too, is it really makes it feel like an adventure and that's what I sure. love that when movies can pull that off because it's like this is this is a journey and it's not something where it's like at any moment you can kind of break the context and be like, well, you could just walk away. Like this is a journey, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they're going somewhere off sense. the grid, like far away, like an island, yeah. isolated. 
they don't know what they're getting themselves Absolutely. into. Absolutely. Like if this was a live action Absolutely. movie, this would be very dreadful. And as a viewer, you're kind of like, you guys shouldn't be doing this. But as a cartoon, it's kind of it's kid friendly, but at the same time, you still sense that danger. Yeah. Right. And I find that fascinating too, especially when it comes to this particular um, sequence of because we haven't really seen anything happen that would be kind of yeah, yeah that would be like provoking as scary because everything turned out to be fake and all this other stuff. Um, but with this right here, like you, you could see that they're getting deeper and deeper into kind of unknown territory in a way, and it, it felt and you felt that you you could right. initially feel that very early on, and it, it's kind of like. Like I'm, I'm very curious to have my kid watch this when she's old enough, um, to see her reaction because I, I really want to see that specific reaction of like, okay, I want to see like, will she worry or or anything like that, you know? So I'm very, yeah. very intrigued yeah. to to see her reaction off of that. Me too, because it's they're trusting complete strangers to go on the ferry to mm-hmm. go on the isolated island they have no idea about, and they're told it's haunted. So I was like. Dang, if this was like real life, I wouldn't do it, but good for them. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Freddie mentions something uh, about not wanting to get lost within the swamp. Jacques gives them a little history lesson. He tells them, quote, way back in the 1700s, pirates used this bayou to hide from the law. They uh, know only a fool would come looking up in there. End quote. Velma asks if Morgan Moonscar was one of those pirates, and Jacques tells her that she that he was the most famous one. Scooby is looking into the water, and a catfish named Big Mona pops out of the water. <laughs> Jackie yells that this is the biggest catfish uh, he's ever seen, and Jacques chuckles, telling him that uh, telling him who the catfish is, and mentions that nobody has been able to catch her. Big Mona spits water in Scooby's face, giving Jackie a little laugh. Scooby shakes off the water, and Big Mona splashes him this time, <laughs> and Scooby tries to grab the fish. And, and Shaggy tries to grab him uh, from not falling off of the boat, but they end up both falling into the water. These alligators on land growls and head into the water. The gang yell for Jacques to turn turn the boat around, and he tells them that he's trying, but uh, this boat don't move on no dime. <laughs> Velma throws a ring buoy uh, into the water, and a gator bites it and pulls it underneath the water. Scooby and Shaggy are sitting in the water, and two alligators come up behind them, snapping their jaws. Both of them start quickly swimming away and end up making it to another person's boat. A man with a hook jams it down on the gator's mouth, causing them to swim away. You might even be asking me, Prince, how do you know that this is not a crocodile, and it's an alligator. Well, I can tell you this. There are no crocodiles in Louisiana. Only Florida. (laughs) The more you know. I had to look that up. (laughs) Um, Because I needed to make sure. I was like, are these alligators or are these crocodiles? What the fuck? I don't even (laughs) truly know the difference, but I think it's like one has a smaller snout or something like that. I don't know. Well, I'm happy in my notes. I feel like that's right. I put alligators too, so I'm happy I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, yeah, you're right. There are alligators, um, for sure. Um, Shaggy and Scooby climb up onto the boat and give the man a gasp, a, uh, a gasping and shuddering and stuttering thanks. The man, Snake Bite Scruggs, the only person who is like actually, um, I guess, American, who seems like he would live in Louisiana, uh, growls and tells him that he should have uh, let the gators get him. He's like, I should have let the gators get you. <laughs> uh, and uh, fun fact, that's actually Mark Hamill. What? Oh, what? Um, no way. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's Damn. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm 
telling you, man, he's one of the greatest voice actors alive. For sure. He just knows how to change his voice perfectly. Uh, then says that they're splashing, uh, splashing scared Big Mono away. Jacques yells from afar, telling him to shut up, and he's never <laughs> going to catch that catfish. Snake bites Scruggs, smacks the water, splashing the rest of the gang. Snake bites Pig Mojo, snorts at Scooby, scaring him and having him hide behind Shaggy. Shaggy trivelling asks what that creature is. Snake bites smirks and chuckles, saying that this is his hunting pig, and says that he's better than a dog. Mona pops up out of the water and spits water into onto Scooby's face. Snakebite picks up uh, both Scooby and Shaggy, then drops them back on Jacques' boat. Jacques, and they, god damn, he's strong. Jacques tells them uh, all about Snakebite and how he doesn't like anybody on in the bayou. They pull up to Moonscar Island, and I love how ominous Jacques says the island when he's coming up. He was like, coming up to Moonscar Island. <laughs> and I just love how ominous that right. felt. It's such a good because opening it, it shot, was, too. Oh, it's beautiful. So good. Absolutely beautiful. And it's because, like, it's, like, very foggy, and you get that swamp vibe from it. But one thing that makes this really, really well done is that all of the situations that just happened were very kind of slapsticky and things like that and and were, were meant to be funny. And then all of a sudden, just at a dime of a hat, it got serious. Right. Yeah. And that is a tactic that we see now. For sure. With horror films. Where comedic relief is very much into horror films now, and this movie has was doing just that, something we're used to as actual horror fans, but doing it for children, where it's just it's initially eighty percent comedic and twenty percent horror yeah. versus us having mostly horror and some comedic relief. So this was very, very clever on how it could initially invoke fear. And not only an adult, but in a child. I thought that was very, very well done. Yeah, no, um, yeah. completely agree. Also, I, they, I loved how they uh, go ahead. how the shot is framed too. They put a lot of attention oh, to yeah. detail because they have the great branches point, point. in the middle, yeah. and then slowly moving to the sides, revealing the island, and then the music kicks in, and just like you said, it becomes this om- ominous, dark feeling to it. Like the tone shifts completely, mm-hmm. which I loved. All right, Scooby Doo, I see you. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> that was another Scooby Doo. Where are you, Scooby Doo? That was another one. Yep. Yeah. yep, yep or yep. Scooby Doo, where are you? And it was What's New Scooby Doo? Yep. Which for years I thought was Blink 182 singing that theme song. And I think it was because <laughs> oh. of the na 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 na's. But it's not them. That's so funny. <laughs> it's not them. It's not them. Uh, they get dropped off and bid their adieus to uh, Jacques. The gang follow Lena in, on this insanely bumpy road to, up to the plantation. Uh, Daphne asks Freddy if he's getting everything, and he mentions that there are a ton of cats on the property, and there were a fuck ton of cats. Yeah. It was just like, holy shit. Too many. Like, yeah, there was like Too so many cats many. that I was, I was kind of nervous for some reason i was like that's a lot of cats like i don't know about this um daphne asks freddie if he's getting every oh excuse me i read that part sorry about that uh scooby grabs the camera and looks through it through uh through it and looks at all the cats then jumps out of the car to chase them uh, ruining the pieces of of the property lena mockingly repeats that shaggy uh what shaggy said earlier about scooby being good with cats shaggy drops the plants and yells scooby-doo stop 
Bo the gardener yells at Scooby and and uh, uh, excuse me. Bo the gardener yells at Scooby and a cat runs underneath his legs. Then Scooby knocks him over. He goes back up to Bo and says, "Quote unquote, excuse me," while preparing to run after one of the cats again. The cat jumps into the house. Uh, the house owner's Simone Lenoir arms and Scooby tries to stop but rams into her causing her to fall down. Lena runs over to her and Scooby is about to uh it's about to continue ru- uh, running after the cat but Shaggy stops him from continuing. Simone angrily gets up and asks who brought this dog here. Daphne apologizes for not holding on to him better and then introduces herself assuming she is going to know who she is already while reaching out for a handshake. Simone doesn't shake her hand and lets her know that they don't have a TV on this island. She looks over to Lena to ask her uh, what they're doing here. Lena tells her that that it is all her fault and explains to her about the mystery gang wanting to see the haunted house. Uh, Simone cuts her off, completing that completing what Lena was going to say by recognizing that she brought them here to see her house. Daphne chimes in that uh, complimenting her house and asking Fred for confirmation. He agrees and asks how old is the home. Simone tells him that the house is uh, has been in her family for generations and that it is it was a pepper plantation. Um, Shaggy and Scooby are stoked at the sound of that and Velma asks her if the house is actually haunted and she tells her that it is. Simone invites them in and lets them know that they can look around and record. She lets them uh, know that they need to do something about Scooby and Shaggy um, and uh, Shaggy shares that food is the best thing that keeps them occupied. <laughs> Simone agrees as as long as it will keep them away from the cats. And I love that uh, whole thing of how like just Shaggy and Scooby are just just best buds. Yeah. And you really, really see that. And You're I absolutely and love that. Um and like it's interesting too that obviously like yes Simone is upset about the dogs and or the dog being there and it, with her cats and all that jazz. But it it's just so intriguing that like Everything in the, we kind of harked on this earlier of like there being no black people and things like that, but everything like the plantation home aspect and and stuff like that, where I'll I'll get to this a little bit later, but I personally feel like the Simone and uh, Lena and Jacques weren't the bad people in this completely because um, they did a little bit of bad shit, um, but. Not entirely, and I'll explain that a little bit later on my thoughts behind that sure. when we get towards the end of the movie. But I'm pretty sure you guys understand where I'm going. With yeah, that. a little bit. Uh, Freddie apologizes for all the damages to Lena, and uh, and she tells them not to worry about it because Bose will take care of it. While picking up the pots and dirt, he mutters back mockingly towards Lena. He's like, "But we'll take care of it." <laughs> uh, inside the house, Scooby smells the cat food and is disgusted by it. Shaggy tells him to forget about it while smelling inside of the pot of food. He asks Lena if it is gumbo, and she compliments him on knowing his food. And I even put, "Fuck, I can definitely go for some gumbo right now." I could always go for some gumbo. Definitely go for some gumbo right now. He asks her if it is okay if they uh, 
If they have a taste, and she tells him that they can help themselves before leaving the room with a tray of lemonade. Shaggy takes a sip from the from the spoon and claims that it needs a, a bit more spice and gets reassured by Scooby agreeing f- after scarfing down a whole bowl. Shaggy grabs a jar of peppers from the pantry to add to his gumbo. And I even put here, everyone does do their gum- does their gumbo different in their households, but uh, we make our gumbo with um, initially the thing to make it spicy is the aduye sausage. And Ooh, that is yeah. what we initially kind of put in there. We put two types of Louisiana aduye sausage inside there. Um, and some, depending on how my mom's actually feeling, she'll, she'll make the sausage from scratch. Um, but initially with that sausage, that's how she'll add her spice. Um, but we always have ours over rice, and most people don't. Most people just eat it like a soup. Um, but we always do ours over rice. Um, but goddamn, gumbo. I usually have it Oof. over rice, too. You usually have it over rice, too? Yeah. Awesome. I got to I gotta bring you all some gumbo, for sure. Hey, you guys want to do something? Including all, in, you've never had it. I've never had gumbo. What? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's not surprising. What? To me, personally. <laughs> it's not surprising. Uh, so we'll make you some gumbo, Freddie. You're missing and, and out, man. Do you, do you? Are you? Oh no! Actually, Freddie, don't you have like a a shellfish allergic reaction? Yeah, I or can't something? see seafood. That's mainly oh, why. Never mind, you then. Never mind. You can never have gumbo ever. Sorry, your life sucks. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, if you ever want to go through it and you have an EpiPen, let me know. Cut to the rest of the gang are um, hanging out in the living room and Freddie compliments Lena on her lemonade and she gives her thanks. Um, and he's like trying to flirt hardcore with her. He's just like, this is delicious lemonade. I can't oh blame my gosh. him. Right. Um, but it's just like, and you can tell like all, like Velma and Daphne are just st- kind of staring at him like, like, bro, it's just lemonade, dog. Yeah. Like, it's lemon water sugar. Like, I can make you this if you want me to. Uh, they were about to ask another question before they are interrupted by Shaggy and Scooby screaming back inside the kitchen. Cut to Shaggy and Scooby drinking tea. Um, and I love it. I love how it was a callback. Another kind of a Louisiana staple, iced tea. Um, and water to curb the heat. Lena giggles and tells them that they, uh, that they ate Moonscar Island peppers and Simone, Simone continues telling them that she wasn't exaggerating on being the hottest peppers. Fred tells, tells them that they thought they saw ghosts with all of them screaming. Shaggy lets them know that if the, if they see a ghost, they'll be the first to know. Daphne apologizes for the interruption to Simone and she asks if they should continue their tour of the house. Daphne agrees and then Freddie and Vel Velma aren't far behind. Velma tells the other two that they should probably stay away from the peppers, and Shaggy agrees, telling her that they will stick with the gumbo instead. They ask permission from Lena, and she allows them to continue eating the Creole stew. While everyone leaves, Shaggy pulls out another pepper, daring Scooby to take a bite. He refuses and tells Shaggy to go first. Shaggy taunts him, but while doing so, uh, a mist floats around them, and they start shivering. Thinking that it is just a draft, Shaggy suggests that they split the pepper to warm themselves up. But while doing so, the mist starts writing, quote, get out on the kitchen wall. While the others are in the library, they can hear Shaggy and Scooby scream again. They go to check on them um, and they are shivering in the pantry, thinking that thinking that they ate um, another pepper. Uh, they they tell them that they didn't, but they saw ghost writing on the wall 
For, Sha- for Shaggy, this confirms that this house is haunted and Daphne gets excited, telling Fred to get a shot of them on the wall. She asks Simone if she would like to stand next to her while she does her hair. And it's funny because she's like, yeah, sure. And she literally is just standing here. She's not like interviewing her. She's just standing by her. I thought that was very funny. That Yeah. She did not really need to be there. <laughs> but hey. Um they start recording. Daphne is really selling this and mentions that they can feel the chill in the air while a gust of wind passes her. She yells, cut, and asks who opened the window. Velma tells her nobody and quote, beware, end quote, shows up underneath the get out. Simone tells them that (laughs) oh I gotta I gotta I I forgot to add this but when Bella and I were watching it and uh, Get Out came up I said to Bella we love a Jordan Peele film (laughs) (laughs) you're just giving recommendations (laughs) yeah there you go they knew they knew Um, exactly I feel like this was what kind of brought me into the fascination of uh, of like ghost ghost hunting yes and stuff like yep, that yep, yep, i yep. personally have never done it but like i've i've seen it on tv and youtube and i love watching that stuff and um i feel like this movie specifically really got me into ghost hunting oh for sure it's super Same. interesting so I've, as a I've kid I, I i've tried i didn't make shift ghost hunting like me and kids in the neighborhood or whatever would go to areas where we thought was haunted and yep uh-huh. shit up we we broke into a lot of abandoned houses, which is a big no-no. Thinking back on it, um, <laughs> dang, it's okay, bro. Me yeah, too. I and <laughs> I should have did that shit all the way up through high school. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know uh, one person who actually used to do ghost hunting. Um, her name's Michelle Swope over at uh, actually friend of the show over at Dread Central. Um, she. She's never had the chance to tell me the the story of of her ghost adventures, but she like used to like do evps and all that shit that's so cool you're like that's into it into it yeah yeah super fucking cool i gotta ask her that story i'll probably ask her on twitter i love stuff like that yeah it's it's pretty neat i have a couple of friends that still do it and they wanted me to go to like this abandoned railroad place literally last weekend and i'm just like "Ah, i'm good (laughs) you're like you know what's scary covid true (laughs) yes exactly you know what's scary not social distancing (laughs) Uh, Simone tells them that uh, the haunting might just be getting started because the ghosts get more restless after sundown. I love how all of this takes place in just a night as well. Yeah, yeah, I I love that too. I really, really like that. Velma knocks on the wall saying that it is pretty solid. Daphne is telling Fred to keep recording, but he turns his attention away uh, from her to film uh, Velma levitating in the air. Simone gasps, but Fred tells her that they've been levitated before and that it's usually magnets or wires. Velma tells him that there aren't any wires um, there while, sh- while still floating. Daphne runs over not to help, but to express her excitement on the real levitation. <laughs> wow. Uh, Velma asks for her uh, for some help down. Then Shaggy and Scooby try to get her down, but then she just drops on top of Scooby, thanking him for catching her. They are playing the tape back of Daphne and in tr- the carving on the wall. She tells Fred to play it again because she thinks she saw something. He plays it back, pauses it on this on the spot, then <laughs> quotes, enhances the image, darkens the shot, brings up the sharpness, and hey, end quote. 
<laughs> we were so naive as kids. Like, <laughs> no way you could do all that shit uh, on just like a video camera. Like, you needed some actual software. The image shows a ghastly pirate uh, carving the message with a sword. Simone tells them that it is the ghost of Morgan Moonscar and goes over to grab a book about Morgan. And I love this. I love where they actually are bringing now some type of breath to the lore. Yeah. Yeah. What makes this super intriguing is that Moonscar was the first person that they initially killed. Right. Right. So I love how they are giving us a mythos to what actually happened here. Like they're kind of letting us know like, like, okay, yeah. Like the generations and of generations thing really is starting to make a little bit more sense now because now they're giving more breath to this world or this Island that they're on. And I absolutely find that so, so well done and clever to um, me, especially for a show for kids or for a movie for kids. Yeah. For to me, context is everything. If you, have context behind everything that is being portrayed to us and giving us a reason to care and not wonder why it makes sense. That's awesome. That's good storytelling to me. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Completely agree. The only thing I just, I don't know why he was warning them because he was not a nice person from like the past. Mm -hmm. So that was the only thing that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Sure. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that this has happened since he was the first one. It's been over 200 years. Sure. Right? So he's like, so stop these people at least, I guess. Right. Like maybe, cause maybe he tries each time to like, maybe he can be enough to scare them away. So they, so they don't end up like him. Cause maybe he, he did like have a change of heart or something, sure. but no, you're right. He was a fucking asshole. For sure. Um, oh man, but, we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll definitely get into that. Um, she shows them a portrait of Morgan McWright, and his scar is in the shape of the moon, which is how he got his name, Morgan Moonscar. Velma comes up, exclaiming that it is him, and he wants and he wants them out of there. Shaggy says that they are they will be happy to leave, uh, but are ignored by Daphne's excitement for capturing a real pirate ghost. Thanking Simone, Simone is taken back by it and confirms if they are going to heed his warning. Daphne tells her that they don't scare that easily. Freddie tells Simone. Simone, that it, uh, it is impo- it is most likely a hologram of a guy in the pirate suit. Daphne rebuttals with, "Why isn't it on? Why isn't it only on the tape? Or why is it only on the tape?" Well, Velma confirms that that's the mystery. Fred says that, uh, that there is always a logical explanation. Then the growling of Shaggy's and Scooby's stomach startles everyone, and he lets them know that they are just hungry. And he's like, you know what else is a mystery? Us not having food right now. <laughs> Give us some food. Uh, and we cut to them making a picnic basket of food to take with them to eat outside. Velma uh, comes into the room to take another look at the wall. Shaggy's convinced that the ghost wants them out but Velma thinks there is something up with the wall. Shaggy and Scooby leave, but Velma sticks around and starts chipping away at the wall. She notices something underneath it and grabs a spatula to start ripping off more of the paint. She uncovers the words Maelstrom. Lena comes in shocked, asking her what is she what is she doing, and Velma tells her that she got a little carried away. I would have been mad. As fuck. Yes. Yeah, I was I thinking the same so thing too. I was like, I girl, like, what are you doing? Fuck out of my house this, right now. This is the part that bothered me when I was talking about like, oh, there's some parts of this movie <laughs> that bothered me. This bothered me because 
Shag or no, no, Scooby ruined their front yard, messed up like the plants yeah. that took weeks to do, mm-hmm. comes into their home, attacks the owner, basically knocks her down, and then now Velma just starts picking up the wall. I was like, these like the mystery games kinda like assholes to be honest. They don't care. I was like <laughs> Hashtag white privilege. <laughs> but I was just thinking it's like as an adult, I'm like looking at all of this stuff happening. I was like, ah, I don't really like this, but I still like the movie, so I'm gonna let it go. Right. No, I like there's a lot of stuff that I had to take away from this and kinda let go and kinda like put down on the back burner. But Sure. Hey, yeah. I, I just I just was like I would have been super pissed. Like coming up in here, ruining my house. Like, what the fuck? But then again, like, knowing no. their motives, like, they're like, "Yeah, you could do whatever right. you want," because I'm essentially going to try to kill oh, you. Shit, I would, I would have expedited that process if I were them. Then I would have been like, "All right, you guys are obviously fucking up my shit yeah. and costing me money now. Let me tie I'm you just going to go ahead and take these voodoo dolls and tie your asses up and just wait until it's time for me to do my thing." Right. <laughs> Uh, cut to them looking at the book and Velma finds something in the book about the name Simone demands that she tells her why she destroyed her wall Velma tells uh, tells them that the name Maelstrom uh, was the name of Moonscar's pirate ship and I would have still been like okay but that doesn't explain why you destroyed my wall <laughs> Simone tells them that she isn't surprised that, the, that uh, she isn't surprised and that parts of the house is quite old um, she continues telling them that pieces of the ship could have been used in construction she tells them that moonscar was rumored to be uh, to have been buried uh, treasure on the island but it was never found now i find this actually this portion now very intriguing where she said that okay pieces of the ship probably was used to uh build this house they didn't build the house the plantation people built the house that's so a very they good point initially had a warning of a destroyed boat that they use wood from. That's a very good point. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Fred repeats that and claims that he knew that he knew it was some dumb dude uh, trying to scare them, uh, scare everyone off the island disguised as a pirate. All the women give him that really bruh look, <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like, no. Cut to Shaggy crying from uh, crying from the heat from the peppers, and he tells Scooby that uh, it is his turn. He takes a bite and uh, swallows it. Then tries to steal Shaggy's sandwich to wash the heat away. Shaggy moves his sandwich out of the way and tells him to eat some of the Creole potato salad while eating his sandwich. Three cats come up eating uh, eating their food and Scooby growls, uh, then starts chasing them in the field. Messing up the lawn, Shaggy runs over telling Scooby to come back while filling up his, his uh, ho- filling up the holes on the ground uh, that were ripped ripped away from Scooby's feet. Scooby is still chasing the cats, and they run through a log. Scooby, Scooby's head gets stuck, and he pulls it out, but a frog is stuck on his head. And once again, that just super fun comedic humor for kids. He tries to pull the frog off his head, and it and hits his head on the tree trunk. And I even put here, gotta have more of that childish humor there to make sure it is not too scary. And I even put that this is actually a great tactic that is even used today that I said earlier. Humor breaks up the tension from horror very well, even though we don't find this scary. Uh, if we were children, that uh, if we think like children, that ghosts would scare us, then yes, it would be scary. Um, and I even put that the design in general of Moonscar and things like that is actually very creepy. Oh, for and sure. And it's really, really well done. Like, we didn't really talk about it, but he, like, his eyes are completely vacant. There's nothing there. He's skin and bone. And, like, 
pieces of his mouth is ripped off and it, it's it's actually pretty gruesome. I think it's a great design. Like, it looks it looks it's gnarly. fantastic. Yeah, it's iconic. It's, absolutely fantastic. it's something you remember. Absolutely. The cats laugh and mock Scooby. Then he chases them towards the bayou. My cat does this to me every day. Shaggy runs over and tells Scooby to come back, but stops at a tree. Fill uh, stops at a tree to fill his uh, pockets with peppers. <laughs> All right, fucking stinky ass. Scooby falls into and and he's still in. Right, like those aren't yep. his peppers to pick. No, yep. And he stole from the TSA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he stole from TSA. They're all but criminals. It's okay, because a mother. <laughs> you're all criminals. TSA. Who's the real villain? Uh, yeah, they're movie? all criminals. Who are the real villains? Exactly. Yeah, seriously, we should do that. That thing where it's just like the villain, the actual villain. <laughs> um, Scooby falls into the swamp. Um, up to the swamp water while Big Mona jumps over him. Snakebite tries. Uh, tr- <laughs> Snakebite tells him that he's scared away Big Mona and, and six mojo on him. And my whole thing was like, how the fuck? What the fuck? Like, why didn't he ever get taken? Right. Like, uh, like he was actually a very odd arc to add into this, to be honest. That's a good point. Like, for uh, a we relief. never got closure on him. Yeah, it's comedic like, relief, we, I like, think. I, I guess, but he wasn't really comedic. Like, yeah. I feel like he, he was, I don't know, like, he, he was there to just be another thing to scare Scooby and Shaggy, I feel sure. like. It's a great suspicion, right? That's why he's there as a character. Because so many people but, in Scooby-Doo, you know, episodes and movies are used to, all right, in the beginning, yeah, the I'm going to be it. suspicious and I'm going to be like, I'm going to be the one that knows who did it. And I'm going to be like, I told right. you guys all along, I knew it. But That's why he's there. The thing... The thing is, though, they never suspected him. They kept saying Bo. They did suspect him, though. Did they? Yeah, Yeah, I felt like they did did a lot. Because I felt like they kept saying Bo. They didn't even mention Snakebite. They said the fisherman instead of Snakebite. Oh, they said the fisherman. They said the fisherman once. Actually, you're right. And like, like, they was just like, that was completely. Yeah, Bo, because Bo's the gardener. Yeah. And, um, and like they, they constantly bring up Bo. Yeah. They were like, oh, maybe it's the fish, fisherman. And then Freddie kind of backs it off and he was like, I think it's the gardener or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. And they never really gave us closure on this dude. Like they, they, they see us, right. they see us leaving him. And I guess that's the closure that we got, but whatever. Mojo starts chasing after Scooby. He passes up Shaggy, picking more peppers, and Shaggy asks him, what's the matter? Scooby tells him, Rojo. And Shaggy is like, Rojo? And he's like, <laughs> oh, you mean Mojo? And then starts running too. <laughs> yeah. Shaggy notice him, notices him behind him and starts running with Scooby. They end up falling inside of a hole and Mojo kicks some dirt on them before leaving them there. Shaggy grabs a vine sticking out of the dirt, trying to um, climb back up out, out of the hole. But it snaps, causing him to fall down into the hole on top of Scooby. They notice what a, they notice a skeletal arm is sticking out of the dirt wall Um, they start screaming, but it is short lived when this green spinning portal thing miss something (laughs) flows into the bone, causing the bones to float down out of the hole and transform into a fucking zombie. Great sound design. too. this is so good. Fantastic sound design. And this transformation is fucking flawless. 
flawless. Can I, can I just say, just seeing the green supernatural light just puts me in such a good mood every time I see it because I could just appreciate like the animation behind it so much. Right. Absolutely. Completely agree. Absolutely. Now, uh, David, I know you, you haven't seen this this particular movie, but uh, Freddy, uh, you and I watched this movie, but this transformation scene actually reminds me a lot of Overlord's transformation scene. Oh, yeah, good and call. Yeah. The, the reason why I compare those two together is that you kind of get that sense of like, what's going on kind of thing, and then it slowly starts deteriorating and becoming all this flesh and things like that. And and obviously it's not as brutal as Overlord. I rewatched that scene quite faithfully, actually. I really, right. really oh, like that scene in bones. that movie. But Eesh. but yeah. And Gross. like you just the way that they do it in this in this particular movie is just so well done as a sense of introduction to for kids for sure. Into body horror. No, uh, throughout yeah. this and, movie the entire time I was watching this movie, I was like, if this was live action, this would be one of the most scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, because it is so it is so well done that you could see like, yeah, that is fucking scary. And like, oh, man, it's just so good. Zombie Moonscar comes closer towards them, moaning and groaning. Shaggy gets out, um, gets on top of Scooby, climbing out of the hole, leaving Scooby there for a minute. Moonscar gets closer, and Shaggy grabs him out by his tail um, so they can start booking it back towards the house. But they run into Bo instead. Bo yells at them, asking them what they're doing out there and ask if they are uh, ruining more of his flower beds. They tell him that, they're, that they are being chosen by a dead guy and he gets up asking uh, asking them where where is he and he's kind of a dick he's like well where is he then I don't see him yeah yeah and he like murmurs and shit to himself it's like <laughs> shut up Bo they are all startled by Simone Velma Daphne Freddie and Lena uh, coming out of the bush Velma cons- uh, concerned asks what's going on Shaggy starts telling them that they are they were chased by Moonscar's zombie and how he started off as bones and started gaining more and more flesh meanwhile Scooby is acting out Shaggy's explanation while falling on onto Velma, Fred asks where uh, all this happened, and they take him to the hole where they were chased by Zombie Moonscar. Fred lets them know that there is nothing in there anymore, and they're like, "Well, yeah, we can we can all see that, Fred." <laughs> and ask if they are uh, sure they ran into a zombie. Shaggy and Scooby tell them that they know what a zombie looks like, and then they ran into Bo. Velma goes up to Bo and asks him what he was doing out there. Bo tells her that he was planting, went to get a drink. And when he came back, he ran into Shaggy and Scooby. Velma, still suspicious, asked him, why is that hole so huge? What is he doing? Planting elephants. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool one. I put that in my notes. Uh, He walks away and grabs his shovel. And he just dips. He's like, I don't need to talk to nobody. I'm doing my job. Yeah, seriously. He was like, man, fuck out of here, son. I got shit to do. (laughs) Uh, She mentions how she doesn't trust him um, to Daphne. And Daphne agrees that he is suspicious, but he's also kind of (laughs) cute. And I even put here, I was like, yeah, homie was built. Yeah, he was. They made sure he had muscles for sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Fred overhears and jealously says that they should get going if they are done there. And once again, like, what the fuck is up with their relationship? 
I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Daphne tells him that this place is interesting and she doesn't want to go yet. Simone tells them that the fairy isn't running at night, but offers them to stay in the house with her and Lena, which is interesting because we see Jacques come back at night. But obviously he came back to do the, the stuff that we'll get to later. But yeah, interesting. Uh, Daphne likes the idea and Lena mentions uh, that uh, she will st- that she will start dinner. Cut to Lena showing Scooby and Shaggy their room. Shaggy gives his thanks and asks what time is dinner. She chuckles and tells him uh, that she has never met a pair that hungry. And I even put here, uh, but what time is dinner? Uh, Shaggy tells her being uh, in a constant fear makes them constantly hungry. Fair (laughs) enough. I feel that. If I was scared all the time, my stomach would be probably growling. I mean, that's why we watch horror movies, everybody. (laughs) Lena leaves out to show Fred his room. She opens the curtains to his room and lets him know that uh, he will have a beautiful view. Freddie nervously gives his thanks while she walks across the hall to open the door to, for Daphne's room. Daphne walks inside the room and is about to give her thanks, but Lena is already gone. And I would like to point out that Fred's door is also closed now. Yeah, Lena's so gone. I made that joke uh, to Bella, and I didn't realize the door was closed, so mm-hmm, maybe I was right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think you're right. Cause Yeah, I never mean, took it that way, but yeah, possibly. I mean, you 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 don't until you're an adult, right? Like <laughs> like until you're older, you're not gonna really see like those sexual innuendos and shit like that. Uh, cause there's a lot there's so much sexual tension in this movie. So much sexual tension. For sure. And like it 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 oozes off of both uh Bo Obviously, being this sexy dude, gardening and shit, and you're just like, oh damn, like gardening and Andy. shit. That's what I'm saying. Like you got you got like a, a nice little sensitive side to you, Bo. Like you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know. I don't even know why I'm talking. I'm very sensitive. Fate to Shaggy <laughs> opening up his suitcase, asking Scooby if he should. I, I am very sensitive. I'm a I'm a, a Scorpio sun sign, and I am a Pisces moon, so I like to cry. Um, <laughs> Uh, asking Scooby if he should dress for dinner. And I love how meta this is because this is just making fun of all cartoons in general yeah, where it. he opens his suitcase and it's all his same clothes. clothes initially that he wears all the time. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, Scooby ignores him because he is looking at an owl that is <laughs> sitting that is sitting on a branch outside their window. Scooby starts copying the owl's movements until Shaggy tells him to to leave the wildlife alone um, and ask how how he looks. Uh, Shaggy looks at his stubble and says that he needs a trim. He grabs his scissors and takes a few snips off from his chin. Looks the same. <laughs> Scooby is standing uh, next to him and they look into the mirror. Another ghost appears in the mirror telling them to get away while reaching his hand out of the mirror. And once again, you just get that humor that is short-lived to something terrifying. Yep. It's just absolutely incredible. Like they they this just this movie just beat after beat after beat. It's just it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Uh Scooby and Shaggy book it out of the room. And I even put I even put there that once again the horror is definitely there. Cuts of Fred checking himself out in the mirror with his Ashcott. He was just like, ha ha, and then he's like, nah. Once again, that meta <laughs> yeah. joke. And I love it that that back to back with uh, Shaggy trimming his uh, little stubble. Uh, it just I literally laughed at it like a kid. It was it was fun because I realized yeah. it afterwards I'm like, wow, this is actually a really good time. 
Yeah. It's it, it's still funny, and it's probably funny based off of the nostalgia aspect, exactly, but still, yeah. it's it's great. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby run and jump on him. They fall out They fall out of the room and onto Simone. Uh, she just walks around in the wrong times. So it's all, you know, <laughs> it's her fault. She yells for them to get Scooby off of her. Fred apologizes, and Scooby tries to wipe um, wipe her off, but she shoes him away. Velma and Daphne come out of the room, and they, and they yell um, at Fred to see what's going on. Uh, and once again, just to bring up me and David's point, Velma and Daphne came from the same place. Mm-hmm. They didn't come from separate rooms. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Respect. They're lesbians, <clears throat> and I love it. He tries to tell them that Scooby and Shaggy... Uh, uh, Cut, cut, excuse me. He tries to tell them that Scooby and Shaggy, but is cut off by Shaggy, completing saying that they saw another ghost. Shaggy ta- uh, takes them all to his, to his room, but nobody can see anything. He tells them that, uh, that they, that it was some Civil War guy in the mirror. They tell him that there, uh, isn't anything in the mirror, and Velma looks behind the mirror. She blows off the dust, causing Scooby to sneeze. Having her uh, fall backwards, Scooby excuses himself for sneezing, and Velma is about to uh, clean her glasses, but she can't find her cleaning cloth. Our first, another foreshadow. Scooby takes his glasses and cleans them with his tail. He hands them back to her, and she reads the back of the mirror. It reads, quote, Property of Colonel Jackson T. Pettigrew, 8th Louisiana, end quote. Velma states that this sounds like a Civil War regiment, and Simone interrupts telling them that there were Confederate barracks on the island. Uh, Velma gasps, agreeing that Shaggy and Scooby may have probably seen something. Lena comes upstairs, telling uh, telling them that dinner is ready. Fade to them sitting at the table. Daphne compliments Simone's dining room. She gives her thanks and tells Scooby to immediately say that he can't eat there. He has to go eat in the kitchen. And I was like, and I was like, damn, this is pretty dirty for Scooby Doo fans because, like, we've never seen him treating him, and we've never seen Scoob treated like a dog. Right? You know? He's true. always been. That's true. Yeah, one he of was the always homies. like one of the gang. Yeah. Damn. Good point. Good point, David. Uh, Shaggy grabs him and pulls him into the kitchen to eat. Uh, Fred compliments the food and everyone ignores him. <laughs> Daphne asks where Bo is. Simone tells, tells her that he usually has dinner in his room above the carriage house. Lena says that she brought him some food, but he wasn't there. Inside the kitchen, Scooby notices the cats and is growling, trying to chase them while Shaggy is trying to hold, hold him back. Um... He can't hold him and loses his grip and runs around the hall or runs down the hall. Shaggy calls out to Scooby to try to stop him. Back in the dining room, Velma asks how long Bo has worked for her. She tells her several months and then corrects her to call her uh, by her first name instead of her last. Excuse me. Uh, Fred chimes in saying that he seems pretty suspicious. Simone tells tells them that he he's had excellent references, but they uh, but then disrupted by Shaggy and Scooby falling into the uh, falling into the uh, dining room. Shaggy tells them that he doesn't think the kitchen is a good idea to eat in because of the cats. Scooby tries growl uh, starts growling at the cat uh, that is in Simone's arms while the cat is hissing back at him. Simone yells yells that this is enough and tells him that they, that he needs to eat outside. Scooby fearfully questions having to eat outside, and Shaggy continues telling them that uh, there is a dead guy out there. 
Lena gets up from the table to make a suggestion, and we cut to Shaggy and Scooby in the van with a big pot of crawfish devouring them. And this movie just makes me hungry as fuck. Right. Like, I was watching it, and I was like, fuck, my stomach's growling. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm hungry. But you could actually really see their friendship, like, in oh, this particular sure. scene. Like, you, you really get the hands of, like, like, Shaggy and Scooby love each other. Absolutely. And they are completely inseparable. And I just, I absolutely love that. Like, you, even though you get that it from all of Scooby-Doo, this, like, really hammers it home. Like, this is a friendship. Right. But my only thing is, I wish that they would sh- have something to let kids know that it's also okay to be alone. Because this makes it seem like you need a friend kind of thing. Well... And we kind of like talk about that in the new movie where they were both alone and then they found each other type of deal. But I like what you said, too. It's like it's okay to be alone sometimes. But right. Yeah. And and I I, I wish that would be a little bit more hearkened on. And, And granted, that's just based off of generational stuff, because that movie was made for 2020 Generation Z audiences. Right. And those kids in kind of that uh that spectrum where you have the live action being kind of the, their grail for um, Scooby-Doo and then this Scoob, which is supposed to be someone like my kid and also uh, maybe a Gen Z who wants to really, really check it out and even us millennials. Right. But the times have changed so much for us, like growing up as kids, like, like I don't, I don't know about you guys, but like my parents didn't have the opportunity to really be around. And by my parents, I mean my aunt and my grandma uh, because same. they needed to work to yeah, provide. Here. Yeah. And, 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 and David, I'm sure. Yeah. You definitely, because uh, uh, your mom, your mom raised you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So things like that, where we initially kind of had to be alone unless we had siblings. And I had a brother, but he was way older than me, seven years older. So he went to college when he was 17. So I didn't have anyone for years, and I was 10 when he left. So it's kind of those things where, like, I wish this would have been something to say, say, like, hey, it's okay to also be alone. You don't always need someone there with you. And um, I don't know. I feel like that's just kind of based off of the times that we probably grew up in or something. I don't know. Um, while eating, there are cats and trees and on the van, Shaggy gets into the driver's seats and just starts driving away with the cats on top. Like, <laughs> it was no just kind of shady. Yeah. I was like, damn, you I just was don't just care. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> I put in my like, notes. I thought that was so I put it in my notes. crazy. I like, in this scene, I was like, all they do is bad things. Scooby is low-key an asshole, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why am I putting this in my notes? Why am I hating this right now? At the same time, I was like, oh, no. they're just wrecking stuff. It's like, you just ruined dinner. Now you're like driving, maybe potentially hurting a cat that's on the roof. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Like I said, big I love this movie, but like some stuff bothered me as an adult watching it again. I was like, sure. Eh, it's kind of sketch. That's fair. Uh, back inside the dining room, Velma is asking the question um, of why the ghost wanting to have them uh, leave off the island. Uh, Fred tells her that there aren't any ghosts, just people in masks, and they're probably after the treasure. Velma tells him that, tells him, um, or they are covering up a smuggling operation. Fre- Freddy rebuttals with there probably uh, probably being oil underneath the island. Simone gasps. She's like, <gasps> I was like, 
yeah. David Casp <laughs> from all of these conspiracies. And Daphne asked them why they can't accept that some mysteries just don't have a ration a rational explanation. And this is a point where I actually changed Scooby and Shaggy to SNS just because I was typing very quickly and I was tired <laughs> of typing Scooby and Shaggy. Uh, back with SNS in the van slurping a bowl of gumbo after finishing it, Shaggy grabs two peppers to wash it on down. Shaggy starts crying from the heat while Scooby fakes like he is eating it. Uh, he is taunted by uh, Shaggy and then he swallows it, causing them to run out of the car to drink from the bayou. Don't do that. While drinking from the bayou, the green uh, um, light or mist thing, I, I don't even know what to call it, appears again going underneath the water right in front of them into the ground. A bunch of Confederate zombies start emerging out of the ground and around them. Shaggy is trying to start, start the van to make it out of there, but he can't seem to get it started. Once started, he drives in reverse and then stops until they notice only one zombie is on on top of their car. He shakes the zombie off of the car, hitting a having it hit a tree. They um and then goddamn, he could drive like really well though. <laughs> <laughs> like he does like that quick like donut spin. Hey, they've been driving um, for decades. For real. Uh they uh, they wait to see if it is actually dead, and then it stands up again, causing him to smash on the accelerator um, and having the van get deeper and deeper into the mud. The other zombie was coming up behind the van, and the and SNS run out of the car, running in, into Bo yet again. Um, and I even put her, he must have just lifted or something because they didn't knock him down this time. <laughs> <laughs> like he was, he just, like, it was like running into a wall for them that time. Interesting. They look up at him and uh, can't see his pupils, so they think it is another zombie and dip out in the other direction. Inside the house again, Fred giving Lena yet another compliment for her food. Damn, bro, you thirsty. They are interrupted by the screams of S&S, and they get, up out of, they get up out of their chairs to go check it out. Simone tells them that the, uh, that the hauntings were just getting started. Fred grabs his camera and are about to head outside, but not before Lena can wish Fred to be careful. Playing this dude like a fiddle, man. Playing this dude like a fiddle. <laughs> Back outside, the gang are calling out to SNS and and can't seem to find him. While while walking, they hear something in the bushes and Velma calls out to them, but it's Bo. Fred demands the whereabouts of SNS and Bo tells them that they were are by the bayou screaming about zombies. He tells them that uh, he didn't see anything though. Velma gets in his face, telling him that. Um, that that's the problem you never seem to be around when all the supernatural stuff is happening get off his case bro get off his case fred agrees and daphne tells them to save their suspicions for later and focus on finding sns she suggests that they should split up fred yells that this is a good idea until she decides to go with bone he's like bad idea and i thought that was so funny <laughs> it's like good idea yeah and she's like, she's like, okay, I'll pair up with Bo. Bad idea. <laughs> it's so funny it. because it could be interpreted differently depending on what age you are, you know, or right. however you like. So it's actually really funny. I think it's a good moment. I agree. I think this is actually a really, really funny moment. And yeah. um, it's, it, I, I love it. Uh, Velma switches it up and says that she will go with him instead um, and then whispers to Fred, saying that she won't let him out of her sight. Transition to one of the <laughs> dopest transitions yet to Velma and Bo looking for SNS. I want to talk about that transition real quick. Now, we got all these fades and shit, you know, very cartoony. 
But this transition was fucking amazing. It Which was one like, is this one? This is the one that like drips. It was like it dripped to the next scene. Ooh. And it was so fucking cool. So cool. And oh my God, I loved it. Loved it so much. Um, uh, I put here, I love how the vantage point uh, is on the puddle as well, showing Bo and Velma walking on top of it. I just thought that was really, yeah, really cool. Yeah, that's a good shot. Um, really, really good shot. Bo strongly, um, uh, excuse me, Bo strongly stops her asking why she keeps uh, keeps treating him like he's some sort of suspect. Like, why do you keep treating me like I'm a suspect? She forcefully <laughs> and sternly tells him that he is a suspect, then uh, that he is a suspect, and then starts calling for SNS again. Bo grabs her and tells her, uh, she tells him to let her go. Then he picks up a rock from the ground, chucking it right past her, exposing quicksand right in front of her. Just like, damn, bro. Good yeah. scene. And it was scary how he did it because it was just super violent. And you, yeah. you think, what the fuck is Because he grabs her, then picks up the rock. But then, because <laughs> uh, before I would think like, oh, this is just so, he looks scary. But if you think about it, she may have almost stepped into quicksand. So he had to grab her, pull her back, and then quickly use oh, the rock exactly to test it. it. Yeah. So yeah. it's cool because yeah. I didn't notice that as a kid. I just thought he was scary. <laughs> Right, right. And that, that's that's what it was. It was supposed to be both. Yeah, like They're it was supposed to be both. Like, like it was a scary guy as the yeah, suspect. They, exactly. This movie does a really good job of making Bo look guilty, and they did a good job of that. That's true. Uh, she tells him thanks, but he's still a suspect. Another dope <laughs> transition of Fred and Daphne finding the tire tracks and the van. Daphne opens the back of the van and screams <laughs> when all the crawdad shells fall out of the van. She uh, lets out a jealous remark about SNS liking Fred's girlfriend's cooking. He's like, she's not my girlfriend, Daph. Fred turns around and tells her that she's not his girlfriend, and he uh, just said, Oops, muted my mic. Sorry. Uh, he just said that uh, he liked her cooking. Then he asked about Bo, and she asked back, "What about him?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, Fred. What about him? <laughs> Fuck. Damn, man. Jealous ass." A hand reaches out, grabbing Daphne's shoulder. She grabs their hand, um, <laughs> flipping them over her head. And I actually slowed this part down and like went back a few times to see. Like, if there was any, like, animation flaws. And, dude, it looks so good. Like, it really looked like she actually flipped this person. Like, the way she bent down and really? everything to kind of throw her force yeah. into the pole. That's like, awesome. it looked really, really clever. Not, not clever, excuse me. It looked just really, really well done. Like, like they did their homework in a way. Like, they actually and had that's someone what reenact it. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about with this movie. You can tell it's not a cash grab. They're really devoted to yeah. making a really good Scooby-Doo movie. Yeah. yeah, and then they also got the cash um, at the end of it, too. Exactly. So, you know. Go <laughs> figure. Um, Fred is about... I remember seeing this in theaters, too. Fucking so dope. I always thought uh, this was a, a Cartoon Network release movie. I never knew it had a theatrical release. No. I know. Yeah, this was theatrical for sure. It got quite the box office. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh yeah, this was definitely theatrical because my brother took me to go see this. We went to go get Burger King, and then we went to go see this. This <laughs> hey. was back in the time too, where they had the green ketchup. Oh, Ooh, I remember my that. God, yes. Damn, mm-hmm. good times. Mm-hmm. Times good used times. to be so simple. Good. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Happy Meals were so great back in the day. Now they're trash, probably. True. 
Because it come with apples. <laughs> I like apples, though. Yeah, but what the fuck? You know, like, you must have <laughs> my french fries, bro. Shit. <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> Fucking apples, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shit. I would I would be so bad, dude. I'm not even kidding. I would be fucking hot if I was a kid now. Like <laughs> being a kid now sucks. Yeah. Uh, Fred is about to ask her about. I can't wait to show our kid all the '90s shit and be like, "This is what you missed," even <laughs> though you're not really missing anything because I'm showing you it and you're yeah. a kid. You're growing up on it. All right. Fred is about to ask her if she is okay, and um, she t- lets him know that she uh can handle herself. Once again, Fred. Yeah. Read the fucking room. She just did that shit herself, bro. Drop your camera or something, man. She flipped uh, a zombie over her head, and Fred says that um, it is probably the gardener. Daphne tells him uh, that she, excuse me, Daphne tells him that they will see about that. She goes to bend down and sees another arm coming out of the bushes, and she pulls that out of the bush, and it's Shaggy. Shaggy falls onto the zombie and and Scooby emerges from the bushes behind him. Shaggy freaks out and moves away from the zombie and Fred is is telling him to calm down because it's just a mask. Excuse me. Daphne uh, goes down to to try and take the mask off, but she can't. She tells him that the mask, if this is a mask, it's a really good one. And Fred rebuttals by saying this is the cheesiest looking mask that he's ever seen. Daphne tells him that it feels real and she uh, tells her, and he tells her that she isn't pulling hard enough. And this is really cool because you actually see like some of the spit and all that stuff from the zombie's mouth at this point in time. Thought that was really really yeah. Uh, she tells him that she tells him to give it a try, and he agrees, handing the camera to Shaggy. Shaggy is trembling while holding the camera, and Fred goes over to the zombie. Um, he looks back at Shaggy, angrily telling him either hold it or give it. Or either hold it still or give it to Daphne. Pfft, rude. <laughs> While trying to pull the head off, uh, he is saying, "Who could it be?" Uh, he is uh, saying, "Who could it be?" But Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby tell him no on all of his guesses until he rips the head clean off, and he says, "It's real." <laughs> Fucking yep. awesome. I love it mainly because of the fact that this is the first time it's not just Shaggy and Scooby seeing it. Yeah. Like exactly. it's just, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a pretty good reveal. He throws the head. It, it is. It's a great. I've been putting my notes. It's like great, a great decapitation reveal. in the kids' movie? Question mark. Okay, I'll take it. Yep. I'll take it too. I'll take it in my grave. He throws <laughs> the head to Daphne, and then she throws it to Shaggy, and then Scooby. Then throws it back on the ground. Daphne tells Fred that she told him that it wasn't a mask, and and he tells her that it could be an animatronic. The zombie puts his head back on, and then wind starts blowing, and the green mist goes back uh, into the water, bringing more zombies back to life. SNS try to run away, but another set of zombies emerge from out of the ground and water. Fred is still recording it, and Daphne, trembling, asks him if he still thinks it's animatronics. Um, he fearfully tells her that it is, it is still possible, and she tells him that he's in denial. While they are trying to move safely back to the van, they hear Lena scream in the distance and are trying to run back to her. Fred falls and drops the camera into the quicksand. Good fucking job, Fred. Fucking idiot. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he grabs Daphne's hand and starts running her. Uh, uh, starts running with her in the direction. While uh, we get the main theme song for this film, it's terror time again. Let's get it. Oh my god, dude. What 
this is a jam, dude. So good. This I have is to a agree. And it's terror time again. Oh my god! And it's just dude. fun like, listening to the lyrics as they run through because it's 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 translating yeah. to what's happening in the moment, which is just fun. As a so as a good. kid, that's just seems so fun. And all of the zombie designs Absolutely. are really well done too. You get a whole bunch of different type of zombies. You get like the Civil mm-hmm. War ones, the pirates, some regular tourists, and then you start learning more about what happens and why they're actually there. And I was like, man, this is great. And of course, this the the song so good. Right. So good. Right. It's so good. We break out into a music video montage of all of them running from zombies. Um, and I even put here, this is just, just looks and sounds super great. And I'm pretty sure this is what started my fascination into emo music. Uh, <laughs> eventually, Velma and Bo check, uh, check in a bush and startled, or excuse me. Yeah. Eventually, Velma and Bo check in on a bush and are startled by finding Daphne and Fred. Um, <laughs> I this reminds me the music actually reminds me of uh a time you showed me a picture David of yourself when you had your super crazy long curly hair I know exactly like, what you're like talking blocked. about You know exactly what I'm talking about Yeah I'm like 15 Oh my god what yeah. a photo man I love that photo so much <laughs> I should put that on our Patreon SNS <laughs> yo yo It's okay guys I'm, I'm growing my hair out the people will get it for free I'm down Let's get it. Uh, uh, S&S fall into a cave and stumble upon a, uh, wax dolls of Fred and Daphne um, and, and Velma. Uh, Shaggy picks one up and we cut back to the others. Daphne is telling Velma that they found s and uh, and then they stumbled upon real zombies. She continues telling, telling her that they lost a the camera into quicksand. They're interrupted by starting to uh, levitate again. We cut back to see that SNS ha- are the ones controlling the dolls, which is causing them to perform their actions. Daphne hits Fred um, on. Uh, Daphne hits Fred based on SNS movements of the dolls, and she tries to tell him that it's not her fault. Something uh, it's controlling her. She yells for Bo to try to help them down. She he tries, but he can't. And Velma accidentally punches him in the face, and then Daphne hits Velma. Back with SNS and Scooby sees all all of these red uh, bad eyes. Um, behind them, he tries to get Shaggy's attention, and when he spots them, they both run out, dropping the uh, others on the ground. The gang w- uh, with Bo hear Lena's screams back at the house and continue moving t- uh, back towards the house. Meanwhile, SNS are running from the bats, then stop to cover their heads to let them pass. Then these two zombies start walking towards them and they start walking backwards, but another two tap them on the back, causing them to run away. Uh, and I even put here really interesting look that one of the zombies, which is kind of like a 1940s, 1950s zombie, uh, has fur on them, but it's a it's in the shape of a cat. And I thought that was really, really interesting. Hmm. The others are back at the house looking for Simone and Lena. Velma tries the light, but the power is shut off. Bo tells her that it might be uh, it might be the generator, and he suggests that he will go check it out. But Velma tells him that she isn't letting him out of her sight. They are startled by Fred calling for Lena. Fred is about to walk up the stairs and falls in. Just like kind of collapses, right? 
cut to Daphne walking down the hall and noticing the uh, shifted stairs that Fre- Fred fell through. Daphne is uh, is about to ask him if he's okay, but Lena asks him first. Velma and Bo come up behind him behind them, and Daphne asks suspiciously on what is going on there. Lena tells them that uh, her and Simone were waiting outside until they got attacked by the zombies. She continues telling them that they ran back into the house, and Simone opened the secret passageway, but the zombies came came after them and dragged Simone away. Lena falls into Fred's arms and dramatically thanks him for coming back. She's like, she's way too dramatic. <laughs> Velma still suspicious, questions her about the zombies dragging Simone away. Lena tells her uh, yes, and uh, it was horrible. Fred tells her that uh, that they are going to find her, but and everything is going to be okay. Daphne tells them to come and save Simone. They start walking down uh, the dark corridor and Velma notices more footsteps, allowing them to choose a path. They come across the door and slowly open the creaking door. Daphne asks wh- uh, where they are and Velma says that, they, that it looks like a place for rituals. Yet another introduction to the paranormal for kids. Like, we, like let's just break it down so far, guys. We got ghosts, zombies, and now we're talking about rituals. You got a jam-packed good movie right there, for Bro, sure. Yeah, uh, this is this is just not, this is killing it right now. No, but killing really it. Really talking about that. The cool thing about it is it's not so formulaic um, in the sense of like this movie is a zombie movie, right? You got a couple things going on here, and it's playing with your your expectations that you perceive to have as an expectation because of scooby-doo's past right it's been around for decades yeah. uh, and they're really switching it up here they're really trying to get people that are used to the formula to kind of wonder like where's this going i thought it was zombies now we're doing rituals and there was ghosts in the beginning mm-hmm. so yeah it's really cool and also like think about being Absolutely. a kid like what like uh, most kids until they reach an age where they're introduced to it and in this fashion they are um, they don't know what a ritual is, right? I should have learned about what rituals were because of Yu-Gi-Oh back in the day. Um, but it's like, <laughs> no, it's, fair. it's like you're saying, Prince, it's like you're, you're introducing kids into horror and different aspects of horror. In this case, uh, you know, there's a ritual going on and you're about to find out what that means as a child. I right. completely Absolutely. agree with you. And the nice thing about this movie is that it's only an hour and 16 minutes long and they're able to put all of this in it. And the pacing is actually really, really well done. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy they were able it's, to put all of this in here because they had a little bit of, like what you said, supernatural, zombies, rituals, and it doesn't feel it rushed. Doesn't, it, yeah, it doesn't feel yeah. shoehorned in. The pace, right. like you said, Freddie, the pacing is perfect, and it's, it's flushed out. You're, you're, it's impressive that they got that all in within like an hour fifteen, you know, or like an hour, yeah. however long it is. Absolutely. Velma says for them to ask Lena and Fred. Um, uh, excuse me. Velma says uh, says for them to ask Lena. Fred asks her why. What is she talking about? And Velma explains that her story about Simone uh, being dragged away isn't true because she saw her footsteps. They are interrupted by the pulling uh, pulling back of chains and Simone emerging from the shadows. And it's like. <gasps> She tells Velma that she is too late while laughing. Simone takes the doll of Velma and Daphne, smacking them against the wall. Lena takes a Fred doll, telling him evilly that she really did like him, smacking his doll on the wall. And I even like his thing where he's like, gosh, I wonder what you would do if you didn't like me. (laughs) I like that line, too. 
<laughs> Bo tries running up behind her, but she takes his doll and smacks his to the wall as well. Simone and Lena tie up their dolls uh, so they can't move. Velma apologizes to Bo and he accepts it while struggling uh, in his unseen restraints. Um, and I put too late, Velma. Too late. You fucking jerk. Simone tells them <laughs> that... She was just profiling, bro. Simone tells them that uh, the Harvest Moon will soon reach on the moon dial, and then and then they will be able to begin their ceremony. Fred asks what ceremony, and Daphne tells, tells her that she won't get away with this. Simone walks closer, telling, telling her that, I've been getting away with it for 200 years. Then her face starts to change. In some sort of wear cat. <laughs> and the transformation just looks really fucking cool. Yeah. It does. I just love really cool. Man, the the moments where they transform, I, I literally sit there and like am stunned by how great the animation is, because we'll see some more transformation later. But mm-hmm. uh man, it's 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 I can't really delve into it besides just saying it's just so good. It's so good. It's good and unique. Absolutely. Very unique. I agree. Definitely agree. Fred uh, whispers to Fred whispers to the crew um, that at least SNS are free and Catlina cuts him off telling him, I heard that, Freddy. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> she continues telling them that they didn't bother uh, making wax dolls for them because she considered them, quote, unquote, simpletons. That is a very mean word to say. Very mean. Uh, Fred asks, what do they plan on doing with them? Simone tells them, quote, every harvest moon, I must drain the life force from victims lured to my island to preserve my immortality, end quote. Goddamn. Scary. It is. It's spoopy. Back outside with SNS running back to the dock where Jacques uh, just is just pulling up. Once again, he shouldn't be there. Uh, uh, it's not supposed to come at night. Shaggy tells him that they are happy to see him and that there is no time to waste. Jacques comes down uh, telling him that he's happy to see them too, then transforms in the most terrifying way possible. Goddamn. SNS starts start running away from Cat Jacques now, <laughs> and he starts chasing them immediately through the woods. Back with the others trapped, Daphne is Daphne is telling Simone if she is as old, if she's at old, as if, oh my gosh, excuse me, tongue twister. Daphne is telling Simone, if she is as old as she says she, says she is, then she bets she um, is the one that found Moonscar's treasure. Simone calls out his name while looking, uh, looking at us, I guess, in the camera. She's like, Morgan Moonscar. <laughs> and then we fade to a memory of Simone telling them the story of Moonscar. She tells them that, uh, that he is the cause of all of this. Um, she was part of the group of settlers that made this island their home. They look to their uh, cat god for a, a bountiful harvest under until Moonscar came to the shore. The people are dan- and you can see here that the people are dancing and just enjoying their time, and then they stop gasping at the group of pirates showing up. They come in and start wrecking all types of shit, dude. Like. Hold on, let me just finish this up. Simone continues by telling them that he drove the islanders into the bayou all except for Lena and her herself. Uh, the alligators went into the bayou and ate them alive. And this is fucking fucked up. This is yeah, so, dark. so like, watching it this time, I was talking to Bella. I was like, 
damn, that's dark, isn't it? And she's like, what? I'm like, they're being eaten alive. And I never realized yeah. that being a kid, you know? I'm yeah. just like, it, it just it doesn't it, it, dawn on me. And they show it for the most part. Yeah. They show like the alligators getting yeah. closer and closer, coming from all around. Like they're surrounded. Yep. Surrounding and them. You just Not only that, see. but the reaction of seeing it. Exactly. It pans to Lena and it just shows them like pretty much hide it, yeah. hide it behind a tree. It, it's uh, watching dark, very dark. Yeah, that's that's rough. So can you that's blame rough. them and for turning into cat people and sucking their souls? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> this, this is the type of shit that I'm talking about where it's just like Simone and Lena, they were kind of in the right to do this. Because, yeah. like, the, these people came on their island and, and fucking killed all their people. Right. Yeah. Like, like that was a gentrification. Like, like, excuse me, not gentrification. That was a genocide yeah. that we just watched in a children's cartoon. And, like, it, it's crazy to even think of it that way. But that's exactly what we saw. Yeah. And it's it's weird it's, because as a kid, you don't you don't realize the weight behind it. But as an adult, you're like, oh, wow. Right. Absolutely. Simone and Lena are crying at their statue until the moon shines in and they place and they placed a curse on the pirates to destroy them like they destroyed their island. Then they started to change into their new cat skin. She tells them that they became cat uh, they became um, cat creatures and destroyed the pirates. Simone continues uh, that they are now also cursed and they need to initially suck souls <laughs> lena tells them that they uh, that over the years boats continue coming to their island one was full of spice traders who starts a pepper plantation and a plant and the plantation for for uh flourish uh, uh this is where i would like to also add that this would have been the perfect opportunity to teach kids that slavery is bad yeah but instead they didn't because you bet your ass there were definitely some slaves in part of that plantation yeah they didn't show it, but it didn't. Definitely was history, man. Simone interrupts, saying, "At least, uh, at least until the harvest moon." She continues saying that Lena had to lure, lure outsiders back to the island, and, um, and Fred confirms, saying that they did the same thing to them. Daphne says that those zombies are just the quote-unquote poor souls that they drained. Um, and they were just trying to warn them so they didn't uh, become the next victims. Above, they hear Jacques hissing, hissing growls, and Lena tells them that Jacques found their uh, their friends. Fred questions them or questions this. They tell them that they needed a ferry driver and um, that he wanted to be immortal, so they gave it to him. It's just like what? Maybe they were gonna kill him. He's just like, I want to be like you guys. But yeah. okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think they just realized they needed someone or maybe maybe just like through conversation of like how uh, the mystery gang had spent time with them. Maybe they like scoped them out and was like, oh, this could be a prime candidate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe they made the same deal with, I guess, the other guy, Snakebite. Maybe yeah. he's in on it Probably. too. He's just like, all right, as long as I don't rat them out or get in their way. I'm going to be by myself yeah. catching big Mona. <laughs> so in my memory, I don't know why I remember the fisherman being a cat person, but then that wasn't the case, right? Nope. Yeah. I don't he, know why. I remember him being was barely so, involved. so much more evil than he was, but I think it's just the moments of having his 
piggy mojo chase Scooby <laughs> is just evil to me as a kid. Yeah. With Shaggy calls yeah. one third of a BLT. Yeah. Oh my That's god. True, yeah. Yes. Bella and yeah. I were hella laughing about that. Yeah. We're getting chased by one third of a BLT. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back to SNS running away, but Jock st- uh, stops them from running and then picks them up. The zombies came come back um, out of the bushes, trampling on top of Jacques, causing him to let out a hissing cry to warn Lena and Simone. They hear him and acknowledge that he's in trouble. Simone tells her to forget about him and that uh, the others need to be drained now, while the moonlight is in the midnight alignment. SNS are running and trip stumbling into the cave yet again, making Simone and Lena fall down and dropping their dolls on the ground next to a flame. Shaggy asks them uh, what they're doing and if they are playing charades. Velma tells them to look out because Simone Simone and Lena stand back up. Simone mentions how tired she is of this meddling dog. There's our second one. And they <laughs> both begin to transform into their final form. And it is fucking cool as shit. Yeah. I put it in my notes. I was like, oh, they're it going like, super this is... cat right now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's like it's like Dragon Ball Z style. Like their fucking clothes and hair is starting to fly and shit. And I'm like, this is cool. So this earlier, really cool. earlier when I was, around. this is cool. Yeah. So earlier when I was uh, trying to they talk start about- chasing over them, moving the dolls closer to the flame, causing the others to burn and melt. The zombies are coming into the cave, uh, causing them to run back inside and run back inside and moving the dolls away from the flame, correcting the earlier actions. And I even put here, I love how they were just about to just leave them there. They were they were literally just gonna leave them there. It just run out. Like you bitches. They grab their dolls with their feet and try to uh, get the ropes off. Lena and Simone grab SNS, but they are stopped by the zombies jumping jumping on their back, causing SNS to fly on the other side of the room. They throw the two zombies off of their backs into the be- into the bench where SNS are, causing them to fly up through a grated hole above into the sky. They drop back down and are pat and are patched or are catched, excuse me, by zombie by a zombie. Daphne tells them that the zombies are the are the good guys. Oh, I think he just. And, oh, he's back. and he's back <laughs> and you're back so um, i actually disconnected when you guys are talking about the transformation i got so bummed i just wanted to oh, add no. earlier yeah, throw, throw what you want to add in there earlier when i was talking about the first transformation segment i was like we'll talk about it more later but i can't go into it but it's just so good man this whole movie i would watch it over and over again just for that transformation segment because like so freddie said it's just like they're going super sand and the animation's the so at its peak at that moment please continue oh, so good uh they come across Jacques and try to run back inside but he grabs them by the collars meanwhile velma finally gets the rope off of her doll and then she takes bows off next she notices a piece of uh, lena's blouse and picks it up um telling the others sns end up getting out of Jacques's clutches but they fall to the ground dropping some of the peppers that uh shaggy picked up previously off the bushes uh, Jacques grabs Shaggy and Scooby grabs some peppers and squirting, squirts them into his eyes. God damn. He falls into the ground, but Lena um, and Simone grab them and start draining them. They are pulled back and thrown to the wall, but they uh, they realize that Daphne and Velma are out of their restraints. Daphne gives her a snarky line of uh, uh, for them uh, of them not being the only ones who uh, like to play with dolls before moving the hand of Simone, hitting Lena in the face. The two big cats start moving closer but are thrown to the other side of the room when Daphne and Velma hit their dolls to another wall. Fred and Bo are checking up on SNS and they are brought back to normal. Ja- uh, Jacques comes running in, running in 
excuse me, Jacques comes running in, rubbing his eyes, smacking the dolls, and throwing Lena and Timon into the zombies uh, that were coming towards them. They get up off the ground and start moving closer towards the group. Bo grabs a torch and puts and puts it at and points it at them, but Jacques smacks it out of his hand with ease. Startled, they continue moving slowly back. The cats all start having smoke seep out of their skin. Velma lets them know that their time is up and the moon dial went past midnight. The cats start to scream and start turning into skin and bone until they finally explode into dust. That scene dark. is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, It was awesome. So dark. I love it. <laughs> the zombies start moving towards them, but also turn into bones, and then green electric mist flies back into the sky. One ghost shows himself to Scooby one last time to say thank you. Um, Daphne comments on how nobody will believe this because they weren't able to record it. Velma mentions that even the police will never believe it either. Um, but Bo comes out and tells them that he's an officer who's been undercover investigating the island disappearances. He mentions that he doesn't think his superv- his supervisor will buy his story though. Daphne asks him if he's ever if he's ever been on TV and we then fade to Daphne and Fred talking about how uh, this is a pretty romantic spot to be since all the super since all the supernatural shit is gone. Once again, what the fuck is up with these two? <laughs> yeah, at this point it's, is, I feel like the movie is trying to say like yeah, they're together. Yeah, right. We're at this hinting. point it's un- it's an unhealthy relationship. <laughs> At this point, so mm. that's that's what I'm gonna. I do. know about those. Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Bo is helping Velma onto the fair onto the ferry and is going is going reciting uh, something about the bayou uh, that she thought was beautiful. She lets him know that uh, that there is a bit of a poet in him. He tells her that he would like to write detective stories one day, and then she shares that she has a bookstore. Um, as well, and they have their moment. Then Shaggy pulls up while Scooby is grabbing some peppers for the road. Scooby is about to jump onto the ferry, but his leg gets caught, and he cartoonishly flips past with Snakebite. That's the last time we see Snakebite, and he actually has Mona this time, causing him to lose Big Mona and falling into the van's window. Shaggy pulls him out, gives him a sandwich, and right and right before he is about to take a bite, all those cats are meowing, coming towards him with their shimmering eyes. And he goes, oh, rats. <laughs> then credits. I do want to point what out a movie. real quick. Bo changes his point voice out. after he says he's a detective. So he was faking that accent for the longest time. Yeah. I was, I, yo, I, I that's what you do when you're undercover. This time around. Yeah, I he never was, noticed it was, before either. Yeah, I, I didn't notice it until the time around too. And I thought it was just... I, th- I thought it was just like another very clever yeah. thing for sure. Attention yeah. to detail. I love very, it. Very, very clever. Yep. Yep. This very movie true. does that very well. I agree. I agree. I got some movie facts here. Ooh, movie facts. Ooh. <laughs> Zoinks. Good job. Good job. Uh, this is the first time Scooby-Doo shows any aggression towards another animal. In all previous series, he is kind and friendly towards not only cats, but others others such as mice, gophers, chicks, etc. Oh, damn. Interesting. Well, he does get the annoyed with Scrappy when he Scrappy does get doesn't listen. Scrappy. I think retirement changed him. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. 
The film marks the first time someone besides Cassie Kasim voices Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo franchise. Reason being, Cassie Kasim refused to provide the voice of Shaggy if he would not be vegetarian like himself. Shaggy eats uh, crawfish in this movie. Oh, wow. Instead, Shaggy was voiced by Billy West. I didn't even notice a difference. Huh. Yeah. Didn't either. That's a fun fact. Uh, This is based upon Glenn Leopold's unfinished SWAT Cats, The Radical Squadron, The Curse of Cataluna. Interesting. I mm. don't know what that is. I don't either. It's an animated film that, uh, or an animated show that aired from 1993 to 1995 and ran for three seasons. Interesting. That's kind of cool. That does All sound right. really cool. Um, oh, says here, Glenn Leopold wrote Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo episodes like The Night Ghoul of Wonder of Wonderworld, 20,000 Screams Under the Sea, and The Ransom of Scooby Chef. That's cool. I like that. Pretty good. Uh, let's get a juicy one for, the, for a few more. Uh, when Scooby and Shaggy have unwittingly entered Simone's chamber and and. Uh, find the dolls of Daphne, Velma, and Fred. The bats swarm out. This is a nice Scooby gag of using bats to come out of nowhere just to give them a scare. But looking at what happens later, it doesn't take long for a savvy viewer to realize that the bats' behavior was triggered not by Scooby and Shaggy, but by Simone entering the chamber when with Bo's voodoo doll. Duh. As it was not there when Shaggy and Scooby first played with them. Shaggy, or Simone likely triggered the bats intentionally to get Scooby and Shaggy away from the dolls without revealing herself and her more evil intent and nature towards them and by extension to the audience. I love that. That's awesome. That's That's really cool. Fucking incredible. During the It's Terror Time Again scene, Shaggy accepts a a vine from a zombie to pull uh, Scooby out of the quicksand. It seems like a classic double take gag. It actually is foreshadowing that the zombies don't mean any harm. Right. I took it that way, too. That's good. That's what I did, too. Yeah. Um, Not counting the prologue, the movie is actually set in a time frame of two and a half days. Interesting. Yeah, sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, Let's do two more here. Red herrings include Bo seems pretty suspicious and pretty hostile to the gang. He turns out to be the undercover cop investigating the disappearances of Moonscar Island and becomes the sixth ranger to the group. Snakebite Scruggs is quickly shrugged off as a, see, told you, as a suspect since uh, while he's a nasty guy, he still uh, saves Shaggy and Scooby from alligators. Morgan Moonscar is built up as a main antagonist, especially after his ghost carves uh, warning into Simone's kitchen wall. Only he's the greater scope villain who's pulled a heel face turn in death and was the first victim of Simone, uh, the true big bad, which I disagree with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last one here. Uh, Lena claims that the tunnel under the mansion was dug to hide Union soldiers. We later learned that that is not the case. But even before this, there there's a few clues suggesting she's lying. If the island's history is any indication, it's so remote that it's difficult to get. Uh, it's difficult to get to even in modern times and is in a bayou that few people enter for any reason. So the chances of Islanders being visited by the Union Army with any regular regulatories are slim. Note, to, to the 
Note, too, there are fewer Union soldiers uh, zombies than Confederate ones, further supporting the notion that Northern troops rarely came there. From this, it, it can be gleaned that the tunnel was not dug for the purpose of Lena's claims. Pretty fucking clever. I love, I love the detail. I really, really love yeah. it. Love it a lot. Damn. That's a fun movie. Oh, absolutely. But let us know over on Twitter what you guys think about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. By all means, let us know over on at Goodnight Life on that tonight with a K. Okay. Or you can let us know of our at our uh, personal Twitters. We are more than happy to communicate with you guys. We would love to talk to you guys more and more and more about this. Um, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Uh, our Twitters are going to actually be in the show notes below or in this episode. So... By all means, go ahead and check that out and let us know what you think about this because our next movie is not going to be hosted by me, everybody. Our next movie is going to be hosted by our boy here, Freddy, also known as Nighty Night, and he's going to be talking about Beetlejuice. What row? Beetlejuice? 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 I love it. I'm excited. I cannot wait for you to take on over Freddy. Um, and just to let everyone know, and as a quick reminder, Freddy is taking over because I'm having a kid Woo! this month. And I'm Yay. going to be gone for a few episodes. So by all means, uh, Freddy's going to be taking on over and he'll be manning the ship for uh, that time being while I am on my parental leave. Um, so by all means, Freddy, you're going to do a great job. But we're going to run some practice rounds. So by all means... Let us know. Give us some fun feedback. Let us know how he's doing. Um, and we'll be sure to initially keep these cranking on out because we're having so much fucking fun. <laughs> I love it. This is a fun month, guys. It is. I love it. This is, a it real is. Fun this month. is probably my, one of my favorite, if not favorite month that we've done. Nice. It's definitely my second. Yeah. This is my second favorite month. My first favorite month is still uh, Black History of Horror Month. Oh, that but, was yeah, such this, a good month. That's in the top three for sure yeah. for me. I think it's this, that, yeah. and whatever month we did uh, Conjuring because it was like a paranormal month, right? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Top three we right there. We should have one episode where we actually go back and kind of talk about our favorite episodes. That's a yeah. great idea. I think that would be fun. Maybe that's we could do that great. for our patrons. Or like, we could do uh, it for the, super fun. Our, our one year. Yeah, one year special. Yeah. That's Ooh, what I'm thinking. That's a good idea. Because yeah, that's yeah, coming yeah. up. That is coming up. That is coming up. Ooh, you know what? Instead of one year since I have the kit coming, let's do it for our 100th episode. That's a good call. I, I like, like that. that a lot. S- something to look forward to, everybody. Y'all heard By it here all first. means. Be on the lookout for that. But this was Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I was one of your hosts, Prince, also known as Het Knight. On the other end there, we had Freddy. Say spoopy. Also known as Nighty Knight. Last but not least, we had David. Whoopie Roy's route. Also known as Nightly. Our efforts to get our show out is not enough. We need your help to spread us out to more ghoulish nights. Rating those five stars is very helpful, but we would love for you to recommend this podcast to someone who would actually enjoy it. You can further support the show over at patreon.com forward slash goodnightlife and that's night with a what? By pledging on Patreon, you have access to the show as early as Monday. If you don't have any bucks to toss, don't worry. An episode is released every Friday on most podcast services around the world. And remember, everybody, don't forget your nightlight.
Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now. Every town has its dark history. Hometown Ghost Stories is a paranormal podcast that goes town to town all across the globe, exploring the world's most haunted places, tapping into the dusty archives and the darkest corners to bring you the most terrifying stories of real people and their harrowing experiences. Hometown Ghost Stories dives into the history of haunted locations and investigates why and how these places earned their terrifying reputation. Rob, Dave, and Jesse go live every Tuesday night after an uninterrupted documentary-style breakdown on the case, followed by an open discussion with live viewers. Subscribe today to listen to Hometown Ghost Stories on your preferred podcast platform or watch the video version on YouTube and now Spotify. Head on over to the Bloody FM Podcast Network and check out Hometown Ghost Stories, if you're brave enough. (laughs) 